This is The Extra Sheep, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast, hosted by me, Socraton, along with Sir Nevels and Beal. Though Beal is out today, he's currently driving cross-country trying to get home. He's been really busy, so we're going to excuse him today. And instead of Beal, we have another good friend of ours, Caleb Calamari, in here filling the shoes, the, the beefy, majestic shoes of Beal. How are you doing today, guys? How you doing, sir? How are things? Good, good. Caleb, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I like how you have it. You said in here you're better than a toucan and a Tesla in my outline, and I just want to say I love that, Caleb. I think that's... <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, today we're talking about civilizations that we hope to see get added into Age Empires 4. So we're going to be doing some... This is mostly a more speculative episode. Uh, than we've done in the past. We've talked a lot about balance changes and more of the nitty gritty bits. Today, we're gonna kind of break away from that and talk about the more ethereal what ifs of this game, uh, as well as a couple of fun things that we'll talk about too, and all that and more. But first, I wanna follow up on last episode. We asked people to send us their worst map ideas. For the most part, everyone listening did not do that. So shame on you all for not you know, sending me your map ideas. I really wanted to know. We did have a couple responses and one in particular uh, that was I saw it this morning and it was disgusting. Uh, therefore, we're going to feature it. So shout out to Amarath to for uh, Amrath for sending this in. Uh, he says, I have a contender for worst map idea. Mountain pass with only one gap down the center with a pond in the middle of it with the only food on the map. Single choke point, only water-based food. And on top of all, single sacred site on a tiny island in the center of the water. That is evil. That is evil. That is evil. That is horrible. That is like... Wow! No sheep, no deer. Evil, you win. You you win. We all want to die. We all hate ourselves. Evil. Yeah, I I don't no. want to play that map ever. No sheep or hunt or anything on the map. Just literally just only just water, water base. and then a sacred site in the middle. And there's no other way to read your wow. opponent. Wow! Yeah. So I'm assuming it's gonna be a lot of wood then. So like, so you can get some fishing ships out and maybe you have to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible idea. Uh, they will never put that in the game. And if you design it, uh, it will just that code should just burn. Uh, but yeah, if anyone else yeah, has uh, anyone else wants to keep sending their worst map ideas, uh, we are looking for the worst map that could possibly exist in this game. And then I want to see it be made. I want to see if we can get it crafted and maybe see. Maybe I'll make a bonus content episode for our patrons uh, and maybe see what that looks like. That'd be, be fun. Somebody get a hold of better one. Yeah, oh, yeah. heavy, heavy dope. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, oh, it also came to my attention. Someone else mentioned to me that there is a mirrored mega random. I did not know this. I need to look that up and find it. Really? Uh, which I think would be a really fun map to play on. Wait, so like, well, mirrored to me, like, well, like, like, like it'd be they, symmetrical. So the mirror on your side oh, is the same okay. on your opponent's side. That way it's, it's balanced. Oh, okay. It's just who knows what you're going to get, though. Not that, not that would be cool. Like, that would be a, cool, a better mega random, in my point of view. Yeah, that's been around for a little while, and they actually, if they want to use, if you use it and want to use Mega Random in any kind of uh, competitive capacity, that's generally the one you use because it like basically randomly generates half a map and then just copies it and flips it. That sounds fun. Oh, I think that's that's that sounds like a lot of fun to me because then I like the randomness of like doing a Mega Random Nomad, but I want it to be more balanced. I think that way it's not just map dependent, but I like having to scout out and figure out what's going on because like on a like on French Pass or some of those really predictable maps or Baltic, you just know what you're getting mostly. So mm-hmm. yeah, in my in my eyes, honestly, it'd be like a generated map. Generates the same time every uh, you know exactly what you're doing, no matter what. Uh-huh. The water's always in the center. Pretty much, you know exactly what's going down. 
That's why. Yeah. That's why it's the best. That's why it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> All hell water. All hell water. Only only you would say that, Sir Nevels. <laughs> All right, let's move on into some uh, Age Empires news. I don't actually have a lot of news today. Um, we're now a couple weeks post-patch, mid-season patch. And that was kind of the big news we got. I, we didn't really mention this too much. We, we noted a bit, but we didn't really talk much about it. Uh, the season got extended. So uh, it, it ends now. It was going to end, like I think, in May or, or no, June. It got pushed back by a good number of weeks. How long did it get pushed back by? I don't remember. A couple weeks. A couple weeks, though. But, yeah. But, but to highlight on that, it got pushed back to Xbox's big press conference that usually is E3. So, Microsoft's big conference, the UG stage every year at E3, around June 12th ish area. Can't remember exactly, but it got pushed back to like right around then. So, everyone's predicting, of course, I guess, in, in theme of this episode, that is when we get the new civilizations revealed. Yeah, and didn't E3 get canceled this year as well? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, E3's dead. So sad. But that doesn't mean they won't still announce other things just on their own. Uh, There is a lot of spec. We've been speculating a lot that maybe there'll be more civs. I know that's kind of, it's been about, gosh, the other civs came out uh, end of last year, right? October. October, So it'll have been the better part of a year we've been expecting. And I think the the devs have even like hinted at that more civs will be coming down the line. so that is kind of what we'll be talking about. We're going to be talking about what kind of civs we think are most likely to come into the game, what we will most hope for. And we have a couple of, uh, I won't say outlandish, but we'll say outlandish uh, civilization concepts. Um, and some really well, good, I mean, uh, outlandish in that their balance is not very perfect, but some fun concepts to look at. We'll be talking about that here in a little bit. Uh, that's about all I have for, for news, though. Um, the only other thing that's going on in Age Empires 4 is, I guess... We're in the middle of the event for the villagers. We're celebrating all the villagers in Age Empires 4. That started April 20th, so three days ago from recording this episode. 420. 420, and that's going to go through uh, May 18th, which, fun fact, is my baby's due date. Maybe he's expected oh, May 18th. So, yeah, fun fact. It's, it's going to be before that. It's, it's certainly going to be before that. But, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, I, I will say, what do you guys feel about these uh, the events? I don't feel like it doesn't feel like a lot, right? Mm, uh, I mean, like, it's cool. I mean, like, it's pretty unique. I mean, I guess, you know, we really are being really honored. I mean, yeah, I mean, villages are really important. <laughs> they kind of like, you know, they do a lot for us in, in game. They're really important. So I guess it needs to be appreciated because you don't want to, you don't want to lose too many of them. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. I want to say the developers are running out of ideas. It kind of feels like a little shoe in right now to kind of keep things. You know, trying to keep a little bit of momentum in the game while they're trying to they're trying to figure out the next big step for the game. So, I mean, I don't know. This event, it's it's, you know, what's the word? It's cute. cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> yeah. I would say as far as content goes, it's pretty slim. I, I think we're getting like new portraits and. Gosh, maybe like a banner or something, but that's like I want to check it out. Actually, it's, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's not like I mean, unlike the Enchanted Grove, you had like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was very controversial in that it burned your eyes out when you played it. But the Enchanted Grove, <laughs> for better or worse, was at least kind of cool. Like, I'll give it yeah, that. I mean, like, it was kind of cool. They got rid of it. They got rid of it. They did. Know. And our eyes are much healthier for it because, like I said, I it was that. it was harsh on your eyes. But it was kind of cool as far especially for quick play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, yeah, actually, it's only portraits you get. You only get portraits. Mm, just the portraits. There's no type of, yeah, no type of TC, uh, you know, monument. No, just only portraits. So. Mm. It's pretty that's slim. Different. 
pretty little slimmer, little slimmer. I, th- I think it's just a, a manpower thing, right? They mm-hmm. are probably focusing a lot on developing new the next season, getting those new <laughs> yeah. sieves, things like that uh, coming out. And, and it's probably a very small crew, if not just a singular person, <laughs> uh, sending some art ideas for some profile mm-hmm. pictures and stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's something to keep people going for just a little bit. So they're not like just stagnant, but um, definitely not like a, a big focus from them right now. Yeah. yeah, that that you probably a good point. You probably it, it, I, I mean I think uh relics mean a little bit. They have a whole other game out now with uh company heroes. It might be a little stretched in a little bit. So I guess you know they're trying to give us something to kind of hold us off. I'm pretty sure majority of the crew that's still working on Age of Empire is probably working on like you know the big hitters, new season, new civilizations. Yeah. So yep. the Vince probably got a little small skeleton crew. Yeah, I, I saw some posts on Reddit complaining about how these like season events are super lame and they're just kind of really, really upset that there's like nothing to this and why do they even bother and i think you bring up a good point uh caleb like it's probably is like one guy and i think neville's brings up a good point too the other guys are one i mean i don't love the fact that they're working on other games potentially but also if they are working on new civs for this game that would i'd ra- I, I think i would be okay with a trade-off of having a lame mid-season event in, and then knowing that down the road, I'm going to get two or three really awesome new sieves potentially. So mm-hmm. if that does happen right. this year, I, I I wouldn't be upset. I'm not upset by it. And honestly, I mean, the events are cool. I don't play the game for the events. I play it to play. Sometimes it's nice to just kind of have too. AOE be just normal AOE, you know? I agree. Yeah. The competition, that's the real game. Speaking of, I do want to kind of go back to the patch again. Uh, since we're talking about news, um, how do we feel about French? We've talked about French a lot. I've been picking them up more and more. I've heard a lot of people be saying they're picking them up. Uh, are they back? Are they okay? I haven't looked at the win ratings li- lately to see how they're doing. Uh, I don't oui, know how much you've been playing. What do you think? What do you think, Sir Nevels? Oui, oui. Oui, oui? Oh, they're back. They're back? <laughs> uh, I, okay, I want to say they're not. Okay, they're not like, they're not back to where, you know, we knew what they're like when they first got in the game. I mean, they were juggernauts. I mean, but... Uh, just like such a small little tweak as the, uh, you know, the economic boost they had, it just makes them, it's so weird how these small little numbers can change so much. Like, but literally like, I mean, the, uh, the two TC more economic kind of focus, little harassed economic focus, French build is a lot more. It just off that little small patch has become a little bit more efficient and, you know, players aren't, you know, what's really crazy. A lot of players like the pro scene who played them all the time are kind of falling back from them, but. I see them a lot more, and once I told, I think I said it last episode. They're they're really good in team games. They're still really good mm. in team game. They're for sure starting to see like every like team. I mean, it's, you know, it's a bit a lot of team games going on right now, tournament team stuff. You see a good French player pretty much on every team, and yeah, it, it's very effective. So I I would say French is maybe not back to the top, but they they are they are relevant. They're no longer in the pit of despair. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a little pretty impoverished in the French French civilization for minute Bell, but I think they're getting they're, they're getting a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a boost. I will say, um, I noticed the big thing I noticed at playing them recently, uh, the passive villager production speed increase. I don't frankly notice it that much. I don't think it's that great of a buff just in general. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say the the mechanic and someone I'm trying to think of who was telling me this. Someone was upset by. It. I might have been Askeladd. Might have been a little bit sad about it. Um, saying that it was more strategic before, but now you don't need uh, the upgrade bloomery with your knights to get the two shot on a villager with a charge. 
Uh, they fixed it. So oh, now really? that when you charge with a knight, uh, it hits the villager with the charge with a lance, and then you hit him once and then dead. And I did notice that, actually. I did notice that. I was playing the game on uh, Prairie, uh, and I actually lost the game. But I remember I, I did notice that as I raided. I could easily, without having to have the uh, blacksmith up yet, two-shot a villager with the knight charge. And I was like, that's that's kind of a nice. That alone almost makes it. That with the combination, I think, of the uh, production villager production speed uh, reversion from the TC. I think those two challenge things make it's like doesn't have to make French feel better again and not just really bad. But I, I don't know that I would say they're top tier Civ even still, unless it's like, like you said, team games are pretty good. I well, know that. Yeah, it's it has, has to do with uh, this game is extremely economy focused mm-hmm. and and any economy changes will drastically affect a Civ, even if they're like not like a percentage buff to the gathering rate or whatever, but having the increased villager building just lets you ramp faster and, uh, and being able to damage enemy economy with your knights, which is ultimately what that charge, that charge change does. Um, it lets you do, uh, uh, impact the enemy economy while still having that boost to your own economy. And that's going to drastically change how well a civ plays for sure. Most definitely. Okay. Can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah. You know, we, everybody kind of knows, like, you know, residential main civilizations. Who do you main? Uh, HRE. Hey, a boy, a boy. I've been playing them a lot lately, too. I see. Are you, okay, are you a mine work guy or are you a uh, Aachen guy? Uh, since the changes, I've exclusively built mine work. Whoa, okay. Really? Please explain this to you, the mine work. I gotta know what's going on here with the mine I've work. Been, I've been having people, people, like, tell me, like, why are you going for Aachen? You should be going for mine work. Aachen was the best... <laughs> The best like Auk- landmark next to Golden Gate. Uh, Auk- still the best landmark. <laughs> okay, mine work. Just you just like mine work. Uh, when when do you I, feel it's better to go mine work? So, I I haven't played a ton since new patches and stuff. Uh, but uh, I just I think mine work is more fun. It's a little more interactive. Mm. Um, you get to like get cool special upgrades. You feel a little bit better than than having a a, a giga prelate standing in a building. Um, <laughs> also, it's it. just something new because Auckland's been the thing since mm. basically they were created. Uh, mm. So I just I built it for fun and it works really, really good for going archers, which is, you know, borderline heresy for the HRE. Uh, oh, because you honestly, get those going buff on your archers. And I was playing with Tim the other day and you your archers like heavily outrun Longbowmen. And so you no longer get chased down by Longbowmen uh, and can, in fact, oh. close that range gap pretty well too interesting so you can get away from and chase them down as opposed to them just like infinitely kiting you with their increased range and because they're a little slower anyway and so if you buff your archers even more then you Mm. uh, it kind of changes the way that dynamic plays out so Mm. it's kind of an interesting uh, that's actually pretty interesting i never saw that uh that movement speed you get from a blacksmith applies to all infantry so archers too all infantry yep. you know i never thought of that oh, and i think it's because i've that. never built archers as hre me neither i never <laughs> have i like i've never Dude. thought of that and the icon is like a little men at arms little legs right so i mean i just have never yeah. thought about that because i mean that's i think it's where you feel the biggest impact typically because men at arms being so slow and then being not the slowest just feels really good yeah i never didn't think about the archers man they must be some speedy archers that's gonna be the fastest archers in the game right next to like the horse archers. yes uh-huh yep there, there would be uh, very i mean everybody's archers would be the same speed except for the hres with the upgrade would be faster than every standard archer and then i don't know like i think zuganu are slightly slower 
And I don't know about jab throwers at all. Mm. Um, we don't talk about okay, volumes but, on this podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry, they are most definitely excluded. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're the fastest, and you get your upgrades faster um, and cheaper. So you can get your your ranged armor buff oh. and your ranged arm, uh, ranged attack buff sooner. And so you'll be fighting against any other archers with better archers that are faster right away. Okay. Obviously, that that second one diminishes after they get their upgrades, but you do get that little burst of I auto win this fight from the get go. Mm, okay. I want to point out two things. One, I think that's actually a really fun idea and I'm going to have to try it out and I'll have to report back on the podcast in two weeks, how that's gone Two, I love how you literally just said, uh, this game's a economy game and you should focus on your economy. And that's like where you win the game. And then you went, I go mine work all the time. <laughs> Bump the best economic landmark. I go mine work. Uh, screw the Ock. It's the best eco landmark. I'm going to go with mine work instead. I, I just love that dichotomy. Yeah, it's, right. it's I'm not playing my work in Burgrave. You go to Burgrave after? Uh, I like to go then Regnitz because oh, what okay. I I go Archer Horseman or Archer Men at Arms depending on what I'm fighting into Giga Knights with the the super yeah. armor buff that you get for them. Can I just so say I, Regnitz oh. and get the I uh, I've been doing some HRE mirror. I, I played yesterday and just got like two or three HRE mirrors, and each one of them they start out with a. I think they all went uh, Auk and Chapel. Um, but then they, or one of them might've gone mine work, but then they put down a, uh, a stable and I kept thinking, okay, here come the horsemen. They're going to go for knights. They're going to go for that route. And every time they then swapped into Burgrave, cause I'd go Regnitz then walking into Regnitz, trying to be kind of quick, fast castle. Uh, I'll build a bar- barracks then down to make sure I can hold off any spear, any, uh, not spear, but any, uh, horsemen or knights coming my way. And then they always went into Burgrave and just out spam at arms at me. I was like getting baited so hard by by that build. Ugh, HRE mirror is rough, man. Yeah, that's very yeah. rush. Well, the, you need the Auken to sustain Burgrave at all. Uh-huh. Um, so like mine work into Burgrave, you just literally can't have the economy for it. Yeah. And so it's that that's why you go Auken into Burgrave is because mm-hmm. Auken allows you to actually have a Burgrave. Yeah. Um, and an HRE, I feel like that is a good way to go is to go Auken into Burgrave. I, I guess I saw the stables and thought, okay, they're not going to go Burgrave. They're going to go for Regnitz. I'm going to beat them to it because they built a stable and I'm going to hold off. And then they just completely went, nope, we're going to go Auken into, into Burgrave instead. And I just got completely caught with my pants down. And they're baiting you? They're yeah, baiting they baited me because I scouted. Like, I'm going to scout out what's going on. And I scouted out the stables. It's like, okay, they're doing something different than the Fast Castle. I can beat them to it then. Then they went Burgrave. And I was just like, oh, man, like I thought they were going for horses and like knights, not men at arms. What are you going on it? Yeah, evil. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got an evil opponent. I'll talk at the end of this episode uh, with China. Oh, However, yeah. before we move on, I just want to mention we mentioned longbows a moment ago, Caleb, and I just saw this funny stat on Reddit recently that the vision for English longbows in Dark Age is actually better than the English Scout in Dark Age. Yep, <laughs> and I did not know that, but I was like, oh my gosh! I mean, obviously, the vision for scouts uh, increases during each age, so that doesn't stay that way once you hit feudal. Uh, Actually, it, maybe it isn't feudal that, that does that, but like the, the range is the, the vision range is very large for those longbows because they're obviously their their range is just better, too, so, which is why. But wait, in fact, wait a minute, really quick question. Wait a minute. So as as you scale up in age, the the visibility of your scout increases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a thing that not many people know. It, it's, it's you don't Whoa. really notice it because you build up other things. You can see more. But yeah, your scouts increase their range uh, every age up. 
Fun Live fact. extra cheap. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> All right. I thought it was China. I thought it was China had that. No, I'm pretty sure that's every scout, right? Hey, I, I, I could. Hey, you could be wrong. I did not. I did not know that. But actually, a lot of times, see, this is my problem. A lot of times, I lose my scout, and I just won't make another just one. Just don't make another one. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> so listen, I, the, you want to know why I throw a lot of games. <laughs> I just like, I'm sorry, <laughs> push from everything I got. Bump it. Scouts can't do darn damage like that. I like to push from military. It just, yeah, man. That's I feel like, I feel like very, I feel like there's very few points in the game. Uh, we're getting really off track just chatting about AOE, but oh, yeah. I feel like there's very <laughs> few points in games where if I lose a scout, I don't immediately queue another one in. Um, I, I, of, I feel like I feel like maybe really early game if I've already got enough sheep and I I know we're both just kind of working up to the next stage already and we're like already aging up I might not immediately do it if I really need to save those resources and the food but otherwise mm. I feel like any other time I'm almost, that's almost an automatic screw the extra villager that's that scouting vision is so important I think you're right I gotta get together all right boys you guys ready for a game yeah yes sir let's get it all right. So today's is a doozy. Um, oh, boy. I, I, am, I, I just want to apologize for what I have done to you guys here. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's how it works. We've got a buzzer. We've got a buzzer ready to go. I'm going to get my, my stuff ready to go here. We've got our buzzers. Where's my tab with the buzzers hiding? There it is. Buzzing live. Okay. We've got the buzzers. Um, I have uh, gathered a bunch of the scout lines. So everyone, uh, for every civilization, oh, they have different scouts. Lord. I have recorded and isolated uh, voice lines of a scout from each civilization. And okay. <laughs> yeah, you see where this is going, Sir Neville. Anyone, who's listened, anyone else who's listened to the podcast before uh, remembers that music episode. That was that was tough. Um, we're going to go through and we're going to see if you guys can uh, buzz in and guess the scout noise. And now the, the tricky thing with this is that they all say multiple lines. Uh, and there's also the, the male and female scouts. So I, uh, I have gender, I have just kind of thrown aside. So I just, whichever one I, I loaded into a, a random game, uh, like custom game, like again and again for each Civ and whatever the first scout was, that's just what I had. However, I did try and pick the longest voice line for each of these. Okay. Some hey, of these Doctor, are easier. I, I got a bone to pick with you, man. Uh-huh. I just, I just told you, I make one scout lose it and then never make one again. <laughs> you got a whole game show around scout noises. I feel like you set me up here. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you, dude. You like you like doing this to me, huh? Okay, that's all right. You like okay. You want to see me just never, never just. <laughs> well, you don't got Beal in today, so and Caleb has admitted. Caleb's admitted he hasn't played too too much this season so far. Oh, why Caleb still wash me? <laughs> <laughs> now I will say, I, as I was going through this, I was like, oh man, some of these will be really easy, and you're gonna recognize half of these because, like, if you play a couple of sieves, you'll just it'll they'll feel familiar. Some of these are uh, very easy. Like I can think of one or two that'll be really easy. The rest are not going to be very easy. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I'm just going to work will, down the line. I've got a bunch ready to go here. I will warn you: the HRE scout whistle is my text message alert. So, oh, is it oh, that's HRE? Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, that's awesome. Let me, uh, let let me randomize. <laughs> let me very quickly randomize my <laughs> list here, so I don't just go down in alphabetical order. I haven't done that quite yet, but yeah. So when when you guys, if you guys are going to buzz in, I will then let you answer. If you fail, uh, the opponent can answer if they've buzzed in as well. And then I will just keep playing. I'm going to play them a, a couple times because it's we're going to probably have to go through these a couple times to hear them all. Uh, this will, of course, get easier as we go through. If you get it right, you should hear this. You guys heard that, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Right? And if you fail, we have the Abbasid villager death noise. <laughs> the best death noise Nothing in better. the game. Uh, I was going to do I was going to do the game on just death noises, but I figured no one wanted to hear that much screaming. So <laughs> they have different sounding death noises. They, they all have different death noises. Yeah, they all say some wow. different things. Wow, I didn't know that either. All right. All right, let me just yeah. start off here. I'm just making a list of all the sieves and just randomizing it as much as I can. This is going to be a struggle. Almost got Turn it. So there's 10. I believe there's 10. Is there eight? Is that how many are there? There's one, two. No, we're in all, all 10 sieves, right? Three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, we're going to do all 10. Okay. I'm just getting everything... Okay. Everything all, all nice and ready. Beautiful. Almost all got right. them all. Just making sure I've got this as randomized as I can. Oh, and for the Mongols, I chose, I actually built a scout instead of using the con. I didn't know if they had different voice lines. They probably have the same. I made sure it was an actual scout, though. So maybe I should have kept with the con. I don't know. This, it's probably the same voice lines if I had to guess. Hopefully, yeah, you know what I'm saying. We'll figure it out. Okay, okay, I'm, ready, missing, man? I'm missing one in my yeah. lineup here. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, I'm like, I'm like really good at these games, man. I'm super skilled. <laughs> super fierce competition over here. <laughs> Scout All noises, right. man. Are we ready? Just begin. Ready, you got your guys just buzzers ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here is your first noise. Uh, Squid Boy, what's, what do we got? China? China is not China, no. Ah! Sir Neville? I shouldn't have buzzed. You shouldn't have buzzed in? You uh, want to clear out? You don't have to guess who you don't want to. Because I, I, I want to hear it again. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Cyrus! Man, whoa. <laughs> what? Cyrus! I know uh, it. That's the problem. You can buzz again again. Yep, yep, no, no, no. I, like, I know. I, I recognize it. I don't like Oh. What's your guess, Nels? Okay. HRE. Uh, no. <laughs> I just I threw it out there. I All right. There. Uh, you guys have failed this one. We're just going to dive through. We're going to make this one a little quicker. It is Abbasid. <laughs> oh, oh, well, then, are you serious, dude? If I can't get Abbasid, then I'm done. It's over. All right. Here's this next one. Uh, this one, I think, is going to trip you guys up personally. Okay. Uh, here's, here's our next one. Explore. Oh, I know that one. Explore. Sir Devils? That's French. That is French. Nice. 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 I know my French. I know my French. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, I was sorry. worried that might you guys might think it was English because it's explore. It just sounds because we obviously share that word with French with the French. Yeah. So I was thinking that might chip you up, but that was that was good. Good job. I know. I, I don't know why. So it's always that one. I just get it. And then explore. Right now, yeah. I, there's a couple of them that I I say to myself just like throughout my day at work. I'll just be like explore. Like I, I just very much equitas. I, I say the equitas from the the French knights all the time as well. Goodbye, you. Oh yeah, those, that, those, those are great. All right, here's our next one coming up. Oh, let me clear the buzzers. Actually, clear the buzzers. Okay. Sports coffee. All right, Neville. Uh, not Neville's. Uh, Caleb, you got this one. HRE. HRE. Yeah, the HRE main gets it. Sports coffee. Oh, 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 yeah, you knew that. That's his text tone. He knew that. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I got that one. Oh, coffee. That one. That one's good. All right. Yeah, number next one down the list. Let me clear the buzzers here. All right. We're one to one right now. Pretty, pretty even game so far. Yodu Yodukum. Nevels? Mongols? No. I don't know why. Gonna clear the buzzers here. It is again. 
Yolun yorukum. Oh man. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of these are real tough. Yolun yorukum. Yolun yorukum. Oh. Is it <laughs> Ottomans? It's Ottomans. Nice one. Oh, nice one. Oh. Who are you? What? <laughs> what? How do you know that? I thought I thought Ottomans had something different. It was like, oh wait, okay. Here's, here's that one there. again, just to hear. Yolun yorukum. Yolun yorukum. Yolun yorukum. I knew. I was powerful. listening for like what like what language it sounded like, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite sound like Delhi or China. And I was like, no. Well, I think it's probably like a deeper voice. I think a Mongols, like, I don't know. It wasn't even that deep. I don't know. I remember, remember, there's different. I've got male and female for some of these that are, it's at random. So you might not. I think this this next one, I think, is a female, but it it doesn't lend itself to what I think it is as easily. But that's because I just don't. And that's not the voice I would picture for this one. But here you go. Here's the next one. Oh, hey. Caleb? Is that uh, Malians? Uh, no, that is not ah! my one more, one more time. Pazarata Yesmi. Pazarata Yesmi. Sir Nevels? Roos? It is Roos. Yeah, I think yeah, the male sound like that. the male scout sounds a lot easier because it's like more of like the yeah, it sounds yeah, more like yeah. that that harshness, but with the female voice. Eastern European. Oh, that is oh, okay. All right, I don't know. I'm not lie. Yeah, I don't know the female voice. That one's harder to pick I out. Oh, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. We no. are we are tied at two and two. Uh, you guys are doing far better than I thought. You guys are done this one. Uh, get your get your get your trigger fingers ready. I think you guys are gonna get this one quick. So be be ready on this one. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> sir Nevels, got uh, you got it first. <laughs> oh, yeah, Somalians, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that one's, that one's. Yeah, I was, I was, I was screaming at, uh, here in the States, we had a big fight last night, a uh, big boxing fight, and I was screaming at all last night, Ilalu, for no reason, I don't know why. I don't know why I was going to know who I was talking about. I almost almost picked a different voice line for this one because I was like, oh, it's too easy. But then I was like, you know, you know, this is a hard enough game as it is. (laughs) I I, I said this is going to kill me if I don't make this at least a little easy on him. (laughs) Yeah, so I I, I chose Ela. I was like, I can't not do the Elalu like that. That's too iconic. All right, here's our next one. Sir Neville's with the quick fingers on that one. What what is this one? China. China. Yeah. It is China. Yeah, I say that all the time. My brother say that all the time. We say that same Scott voice line. Yeah, I that. I I knew that one actually. We can't say that all the time. It's yeah, interesting to me how some languages just kind of pop out more like that one. Yeah, that one really pops. Chinese seems like I think it has to do with like how they like uh, enunciate and like China's real sharp, right? And so it like, oh, yeah. sticks, sticks with you. Oh, exactly. like, those real sharp yeah. tones. Well, we kind of mentioned the Eastern European too, that kind of like harsh, mm-hmm. like the, the V's and S's and K's kind of like, uh, that's a very, very, mm-hmm. very uh, yeah. Eastern sound. And that one was, but that, of course, that was hard with yeah. the, the female scout. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was a female scout. Yeah. That's what's so different. Okay. I know female. Wait, so there are female scouts in the game? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's like, ran- it's like at random too. I did not, man. What is, do I play this game? What is going on? It's only that I did not notice. What about I, I mean, the French one, the French one again was this. Explore. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. That, I don't know, see, I say, okay, that one sounds very familiar. French yeah, voice. Yeah. It was French ladies, a wink. Yeah. French ladies, oh, yeah. you know, scouting oh, yeah. things out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Explore. <laughs> All right, here's our next one. Let me clear out the buzzers here. Here's the next one. Uh, Sir Neville's quick fingers here today. What do you got? Uh, oh, I might have shot the. It's English. I might have shot the. I you are on a roll, Sir yes. Neville. You have Whoa, been. The jerk. You I don't have know what been, is going on. Neville's yeah. might actually win this one, guys. I think he's. I think he actually has <laughs> he, it in the bag now. Doesn't one, he two, already three, win? Four, I don't know if I can catch five. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's right. already won this one. We're just playing for pity points now. Neville's okay, man. Right. He's struggled the first couple. Beal has been sweeping <laughs> lately, and Neville's now <laughs> finally has his moment. I'm the so problem sorry. is, isn't the problem isn't the knowledge. I've been so slow on the stupid buzzer. Because <laughs> I like knew two of them, and he just beat me no. to them. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, man. Listen, man. I'm sorry, kid. Nothing personal. Bill is my real enemy. Bill, <laughs> yeah, you want that rage off, built? You want the duck off this episode? I'm back now. So. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Too good. All right. Well, for funsies, here's the next one. Sabon. Mm, my little too quick in the gun here. Savon, oh man. Uh I want to go with not the models. I'm saying models. Actually, I thought I no, that's not the models. But I said models. Ah! Oh, yeah. 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 That was a yeah. Deli? Yeah, it's Deli. 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 I play Deli more, man. I do too as well. I'm sorry. Are they still like top notch? Are they still being played a lot? They were at first. And they were for a started. while. I feel like... I know That patch, that recent patch, kind of dulled down a little bit. I feel like they started playing it. Their, their win percentage is lower. That's off topic, though. That's yeah, topic. yeah. They, they don't seem... I mean, we can chat about that for just a quick second. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't say I see an overwhelming number of... Uh, I mean, I, I, you never did. Delhi has always been one of the least played civs. I would not say that they are overwhelmingly good right now. Um, yeah. They're uh, town center... Buff like for the uh, keeps got nerfed, I believe, and I think that's made them kind of not be yeah. played as much. Yeah, they're yeah. they're, they're a decent really civ, but they yeah, I wouldn't say that they're like a S tier civ at the moment right now. Make Delhi great again. Let's go. Make Delhi great again. Yeah, or we can not. All right, <laughs> last but certainly not <laughs> least. Or we could not. Or we could not. <laughs> Here is our final scout voice line. Gentlemen. <laughs> Sir Neville's, you have the quick fingers. <laughs> I was like, I like this. Muggles. I knew it was the last one. It's Muggles. <laughs> Wait, am I wrong though? Is it Muggles? No, no, it's Muggles. Yeah, it's Muggles. It's Muggles. It's, 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 we only have one left. So. Yeah, last yeah, one like, left. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get the ding. I was like, am I that wrong? I was the last one. I, I was right. Wrong. I was jotting down that you got it. So, I, yeah. So, okay. Sir Neville's, you got one, two, three, four, five, six of those right. Dude. And you were giving me a bunch of crap at the beginning saying, oh man, soccer is trying to hose me on this one. And I don't know what happened there, man. I think something came over me. I don't know what happened because <laughs> I a lot of this football, the spirit of Bill possessed Sir Neville exactly. for this game. Listen, Bill, you seen this? You seen this? Tell all your friends. Let's go. I'm waiting. <laughs> He's I'm waiting next, <laughs> next time, it's, it's over. <laughs> Let's go, Bill. Too Caleb, funny. Man, too Caleb, funny. GG's, Caleb. GG's. Caleb, the GG. Oh boy. All right. We will take a uh, quick, quick break and then we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of our show today. So we'll be right back. I used to never know how to win AOE 4 games. It took me a long time to improve, but I started managing my town center and villagers better, refining my Dark Age build order. But it wasn't enough for me. I stopped kidding myself. 
and I got a consultation from www.morenights.com. And now, along with my other improvements, I'm also making enough nights to win the victory. If you've been kidding yourself about your game improvement, stop. Along with better macro, morenights.com has helped me improve and get to platinum. Morenights.com is Griabara approved and has shown to increase ELO on an average of 240 points. Morenights.com is not for everyone, including those who are pregnant, tilt too easily, have bad micro, or are China mains. Tell your AOE for a coach if you experience any lightheadedness, excessive tilting, or delusions of reaching Conqueror 3, as these may be side effects of one-trick pony syndrome, a common and dangerous complication. Stop using more knights if you don't know how to avoid spears or can't properly macro your villagers. If you're stuck in mid-ladder with no end in sight, don't kid yourself. Get a consultation with www.morenights.com and about using more knights. And we're back. Uh, we were just chatting about how Sir Nevels has been taking out his pent up energy against Caleb in that game. Uh, <laughs> pretty good sorry, stuff. Sorry. Uh, no, we're all good here. Uh, we are uh, moving on to our main discussion topic. We've got a lot. We, we've blasted through the first half of this episode. Um, we didn't have a lot of news to go over. Like we didn't have a lot to talk about the patch. I, I'm happy talking as m- much as we want about this and other things. We can talk about other things after we're done talking about our main topic as well, guys. So don't feel like we have to keep it super on topic we've got tons and tons of time um, but our topic today is of course what are the civilizations we hope to see get added to the game um what do we think is most likely what do we think what kind of mechanics are we expecting that could work um we have a lot of ideas credit to uh user chili5 on reddit for some pretty excellent mock-ups of these civs oh, now yeah, now we're not we're, we're, we are going to kind of bash on some of the uh if we get into the nitty-gritty of the concepts that he made the balance would need some serious tweaking on a number of these. And I don't know how viable all the concepts are, but they're kind of a fun springboard, I think, to talk about what civs we think will be in the game. Now, uh, I think Malians was kind of a surprise ad- addition to the to the game. Would you guys agree or disagree? Like that was a civ people were kind of surprised about. Definitely. No, I think my respect to Malians, at least not this early. I think I think that people tend to put a heavy priority on what civilizations were dominant or popular ones from Age of Empires 2 or whatever, instead of uh, focusing on like what civs work well with what type of mechanic. Uh, mm. And so I, I think if you think of it that way, it's, it's less of a surprise that they showed up because it's, uh, okay. we didn't have any civs that like utilized gold like they do, right? We yeah. have several religious ones and several early eco rating ones, stuff like that. But we didn't have any that were mm-hmm. like this, like gold focusive, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I guess you say it like that. Then, yeah, you're right. The Mollies. I mean, I liked how they're exploring, like, you know, outside just Western Europe. They're kind of exploring other civilizations. And earlier, too, I mean, I think everybody kind of expected Ottomans. Ottomans eventually. Ottomans felt yeah. pretty, pretty expected. Yeah. And I think they, I think yeah. Ottomans have been well received, too. I think they actually fit in oh, yeah. really well with the core civs. Malians, I think, are a bit more uh, controversial as far as how they oh, play. Yeah. Yeah, um, I will say, as far as design, though, I, I while I hate playing against the Malians, I don't, I don't like the way their sieve operates as far as mechanics. 
I do love mm-hmm. the uh, vibe of the Civ, and I do like that we're getting oh, some yeah. representation of Africa and of mm-hmm. those regions because those regions kind of get glazed over by history, especially those of us you know in Western Europe or North America. Mm-hmm. We just don't learn about a lot of that, and and I know Malians yeah. isn't really. It's more of an amalgamation of a couple of places as well. But it is nice yeah. to see some more of that representation in the game. Most definitely. Most definitely. Quick question. How do you guys feel about like um like Agent Pirates 2? I realize Agent Pirates 3, they kind of go like a more like broad perspective of civilizations. Like you said with the Mali, they kind of combine uh-huh. kind of multiple kind of uh you know regions into kind of one and kind of cram together. Like for example, like me, I wanted to see the Bohemians. But Bohemians are kind of like a little bit of a kind of fit with C-star HRE. Already, yeah. HRE, yeah, they kind of like break like, mm-hmm. they, like it'd be a breakdown of the HRE. How do you feel about like smart, like basically little counties or little duchies inside of another big empire being introduced? I, yeah, I think so. The way Age of Empires Two is designed, uh, each each civ is uh, not nearly as isometric which mm-hmm. means that those tiny differences in each specific region can come out because that's like the sole difference in the sieve mm-hmm. as opposed to Age of Empires 4. When you go, uh, if you get too hyper-specific, it becomes difficult to differentiate mm-hmm. uh, because your your sieves are already very different from each other and you mm-hmm. can't, like, I don't know how you would differentiate between a Bohemian and an HRE without yeah. copying a lot of mechanics. Um, okay. And like eventually after they've explored a lot, they might start introducing, you know, similar to HRE civs with slightly different tweaks. Uh, mm-hmm. But right away, they're, I think, going broad so they can make very unique types is uh, probably the better approach for the game they're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, the way I, and I think AOE, bringing up AOE 2 is a good look because AOE 2 has a lot, a lot oh, yeah. of civs. And a lot of people bring that up on the Reddit, like, well, should I pick up AOE 2 or AOE 4? Because AOE 2 has all the new, all way more civ choices. And a lot of people kind of go, well, yeah, well, essentially, though, you've got like eight civs in AOE 2 uh-huh. that are basically, <laughs> and, at, and at that point, it's like, okay, you've got English and you've got, uh, what, what's the one? Uh, Scotland to the north. The, uh, what are they called in that game? The Celt. Dude, Celt, the Celts. Celt, yeah. the Celts. The difference between those is like one unit is slightly different. Basically, they they, they operate mm-hmm. very similar. Like you wouldn't if you were to put those two civs in AOE four and had them work very similar. It'd be like playing the same exact civ with like a slightly slightly different like yeah final unit. It's and so whereas these games, I think you mentioned it kind of like they're very isometric, very asymmetric uh, civilizations here. Um, I think. Well, I think we do want to get like a lot of. I think too, like the like landmass, you know, like Bavaria would be kind of cool, but luckily, like the Mongols or like the Rus and how much land may cover, or even China, just how much is covered by that. Yeah, uh, it gets kind of hard to to differentiate. You gotta, you gotta be able to differentiate them enough, and they have to be different enough in style. Uh, but that also means then what can be added. You know, we, we're kind of painting with a broad brush here. I think one of the fun, one of the ones we were looking at. Uh, I think I'm gonna say this wrong. The Tamils kind of the three mm-hmm. kingdoms, the three kings of like Sri Lanka and Southern India. That was kind of mm-hmm. a fun, like it could be similar to uh, Delhi, but being that it's a different, it is a different enough historically in that time period, especially a different enough looking sieve. That could be a fun idea and share some traits, like share maybe like an early aged elephant or something with them, but be different in other ways and how their economy works mm-hmm. and stuff uh, was kind of a fun fun thing to look at and i think something like that would fit really well 
or maybe like uh maybe like an italian sieve or something you know Mm, okay italian's another one i want to see with that one i'm not gonna okay if we're going down to we're actually gonna name a civilization we want to see in the game uh we were talking about a little bit uh off uh off recording but I really want to see, see a lot of people kind of agree and disagree if the civilization is going to be really valuable, but I want to see the Byzantines really bad. Like, I like their interesting concept of like how they implemented a lot of fly, you know, like for example, like uh, fire ships. And I don't know, I was, I was trying to do some research because, okay, I'm going to do a quick disclaimer. I'm not like a historian. Like I'm not, I've got a little better, but uh, especially before playing this game, I really was not very familiar with like Western Europe and ancient like, I was like, maybe like more familiar in U.S. history, but like as far as like world history, not the most familiar. But I'm getting up to speed. But as far as like the Byzantine with their Varangian guards and how like uh, it's like, OK, people compare and say they we don't need Byzantine in the game because we are have HRE. That's what I've heard, because like they're pretty similar in a way. Well, I feel I like guess. they would cover something similar with Ottomans, too. Right. They're kind of in that Turkish region, aren't they? Yeah, it'd be like. HRE Ottoman babies. HRE Ottomans <laughs> <Yeah>. had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know why like, their units, let me just actually pull up the concept I was looking at. Their units, like the way, you know, it depends on how far in depth you go with Byzantines. Like I felt like their unique units are so like replacing like a Lancer with a cataphract or a, a, a knight with a cataphract. And they basically like, instead of having a grenadier or a, um, oh my God, a hand cannoneer, for their uh, Imperial Age unit, they have flamethrowers. And, you know, and uh, basically they have like, instead of having a, you know, demolition ship, they have a flamethrower ship. I don't know exactly, I don't know, the Greek fire is like a big thing known with them. Fire, yeah. yeah, so like that would be like That'd enough. Be cool. Cool. And the Vringing Guard. Like, I mean, I did like, there's like a whole YouTube channel like about uh, special unique units in history. The Vringing Guard look pretty dope. Like they're basically like these like Norsemen Viking mercenaries that the uh, that the Byzantine Empire used a lot to carry a lot of the war. They basically like the bulk of like you know the skilled soldiers of their military, and they're like basically like armored Vikings that just came and just started wreaking havoc. And like even like uh, the description of the Ranging Guard, if they were implemented to the game, a slow moving heavy infantry unit that cleaves multiple units. So basically like. A slow-moving men-at-arms slash, like, um, lynch connect. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, see, now, now we're, we're, we're on the level of, you know, OP, but just the thought of that, I'm not really opposed to. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little extra, though. <laughs> I guess one I question think, I have. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Caleb. I was going to say, like, on that, you, you could do something like that. You'd have to make sure the economy isn't, like too bland or too mm-hmm. similar to the other two. That'd be the hard part. Cause like you yeah. can always come up with unique unit types for different, you know, it's like in some of our examples we're looking at, we have the, the Qatari shield breaker or the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or the Raider or the Haskarl for the Danes, stuff like that, where you can come up with unique units, but the problem comes into how do they play uniquely economically where most of these sims, mm-hmm. I would say the Delhi and the Abbasid are the least unique uh just because they both basically get the berry bonus and they have like like the delegate the research stuff which is unique but like as mm-hmm. far as pure economic they're they're very similar and um, i guess and that would be the danger doing booming that. like nuts though yeah and and you know and there are all little differences you know like the the abbasid get the town center difference so you're gonna make lots of those as opposed to delhi we're gonna make castles to turn into town centers and so those little things help but um you would just have to be careful with things like 
you know, focusing on what types of units they have, you'd have to look at it as a whole and go, okay, what kind of we can have unique units now, how would we make yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think there's something to that too, because, you know, if you don't make things too vastly different as far as ego goes, it can get hard to pick up the new sieve. I think there are certain things that are kind of universal. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> I, I do think like, for instance, Delhi and Abbasid, I mean, it's nice. I like that they share the same berry thing and they share that they don't, yeah. you know, they don't, certain sieves, uh, especially like the Islamic sieves, don't go for the boar, which makes a mm. lot of, I mean, that, that makes sense given the, the tenets of their belief. Like that, that fits really well with the civilization. And so they have the same, that's why they have that berry bonus, you know, is to fit that. And I think that kind of, that, that to me is nice because it showcases that there are some similarities between the civilizations, like as far as that kind of underlie them, you know, there's, they're from the same maybe macro region you know they're not european civs mm -hmm. per se so they share those same things but they're still very different in how they operate obviously episode with the tcs uh delhi with the scholars instead and also the um the tc basically being in keeps i think that makes them different enough i think you just gotta be cognizant of like where those advantages are coming from you know because then you get like french yeah. that don't really have i mean what, what what advantages french have like they're supposed to be the trading civ but in practice mm. outside of team games that just isn't they, I mean French? I, I think one of the French and English have some of the I think worst eco upgrades in the game uh, as far as like economy that sets them apart from being different. I mean, English have farms, and that's I was it. Say, you pick enclosures, enclosures. Yeah, but I mean imperial age. And how often are you going to get there though? You know, I mean they have cheaper yeah. farms, which is nice, but that's like the extent of it. And I think honestly, mm -hmm. I think that's enough. But I would not say that they have anything that's outstanding next to like HRE. English looks like silly almost, you know, with yeah. the, what the prelates can do. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And I think, and I think having some more simpler things like that and introducing more, more simple uh, economic strategies for certain civs isn't a bad idea. Uh, but you just have to be careful not to, my, my point was be careful not to be like, they have some really cool, unique units. So let's make that happen. And then you get to the econ economy and you go, okay, well, how does this, Copy paste, you know, episode, copy paste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying now. I wonder, like, because, uh, I guess, like, yeah, because the Ranging Guard, when I really look at it, it can be like, if people be like, oh, it's just a Greek, you know, Lynch Connect, or like, you know, so I get most definitely saying that. I don't know. I just like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm very simplistic minded. Like sometimes I just, I just like seeing new stuff. Like, yes. like, yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, it's like, I just like, I just like seeing, because if, if I'm being honest, think about Agent Parts 4, I believe that, like, for example, like, I believe Agent Parts 2 has like, I think a literal like a 41, 42 civilizations. I think AOE 4 can have a long lifespan off half of that. As yeah. long as they're oh, like, unique, unique. I don't think we really need, like, I mean, right now we're at what, 10? I think a total of 10 more civilizations and you can kind of almost wrap it up a little bit and kind of just go like, not maybe wrap it up, but like, you know, you don't, the focus on new civs are not as big of a deal because honestly, actually, I think less than that. I don't even know if you'd need another. You think less than that, really? I, I wouldn't really add more than like four more. I think, I think four. Really? Kind of, I, as long as they're all isometric enough for, you know, if they're yeah, all different yeah. enough, I mean, Coming up with 20 very unique civilizations is kind of a tough, tough order, tall order. And I like more civs. I'm definitely down for it. But I think part of the beauty of this game is that they're unlike AOE 2, where there's a million choices you, where that it turns into the illusion of choice, you know, because yeah. they all play very, very similarly. Um, yeah. I think with age four, 
every sieve you have to, I mean, you have to really learn the sieve. And I, I mean, French and English play similarly as far as early game goes, but like some game, I mean, some sieves, you know, have completely different dark age openings. Com- I mean, most do actually. Yeah, they so, all do. so I, I don't know if I would yeah. do more than 14 total. Cause I, I think that would start feeling pretty, I mean, obviously the four had they pick would have to be really well chosen though. You know, that's my follow up question. What four would you add in? I think the question I think really is what do we expect most likely to be added? I think if I had to name two that I, I expect to be added in at some point, it would be Japanese and then a Viking Civ, maybe like called the Danes. Yeah. I think those would be the yeah. two most likely. I think those are the two most requested types of civs I've seen uh, amongst the I community. So. And I, I'd be on board uh, with that, I think. And uh, I think, uh, you know, having I I. People enjoy, you know, oh, I really like this Civ concept. I like the way this idea of this culture works. I'm from, you know, Viking land and I want Norse people represented, whatever. Uh, But I think that you have to think less about which specific Civ title you want. Oh, I want the Norse. And more of how would they function in game, right? So, so. How would the Norse be different than the Mongols in practice? The Mongols already get rating bonuses. The Mongols already get these special things, right? Would the uh-huh. Norse do that with ships? Like, you know, I think, like I think they'd be, how... I think the concept we saw was like infantry would be there. Instead of riding on horseback, they'd be the infantry mm-hmm. raiders, which would be very yeah. That'd be unique, I think, considering that everything else raids with uh horses. I mean, French do the same thing, Rus do the same thing. So yeah. just, 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 just to your point, I think that that could there is a room, I think, for that. But you're right. Where would that what would they be? bringing the table that's different sorry go ahead go ahead yeah that, and that's kind of my thought so when i think in new civs i think of okay what resources haven't we played with yet or how haven't we played with specific resources or game mechanics like at like core game mechanics so i think of like maybe a civ that takes advantage of trees or you can put like a, a tower on a tree and it doesn't cost wood but takes twice as long to build but you know, mm-hmm. so, something along those lines where you're like converting resources, kind of like the Malians where they have their pit mines, stuff like that, where I think those are really cool ways to introduce a mechanic variety onto the sieve. Um, uh, what kind of things do we think could be added? I, I mentioned that's one of the things on my outline. I kind of mentioned like what types of mechanics do we want to see in new sieve? Obviously, Ottomans brought out Ottomans kind of caught me surprise, surprise with the military schools producing free units. That's a very mm-hmm. unique and that's the only yeah, thing cool. like it. And I think it's yeah. it works really, really well, too, because they don't have any other massive eco boosts you know so they really rely on that to keep the production up uh yeah what else do we what other things could we play with i mean trade has been uh, i i would almost say oversaturated by civs and what they can do um i i worry about naval prowess being the one thing that civs have uh, just by mm. the fact that water is hit and miss in this game and a lot of players yeah. play only land anyways well oh. it's just the nature of having a a terrain type that is traversable by a single sort of unit. Yeah. Uh, and okay. so you get, you know, go ahead. No, no, no I'm sorry. I'm not even rough. I'm sorry. You, you really, uh, Caleb, you really got my, you got my, the fireworks firing off my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time when you got brought up a great point in me, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm always the type of person. I, I try, I like to go off the, I like to go off the beaten, but I like to go hot takes. You know what I'm saying? I like to just say yeah, something yeah. that might be, hey, and you, hey, might not be viable. And I, obviously, I didn't work out the math behind it. But you brought up a great point saying how the economy worked different. Okay, yep. real quick. Guys, okay. get this picture with me real quick. Get right well, in. I'm, I'm ready for this. This is exciting. What do you got? All right. I'm sitting up. What if, <laughs> all right. What if, okay, I don't know what 
civilization be implemented into, you know, we can probably do with any of them. What the civilization that you didn't go up, like landmarks, for example, weren't like, you know, most landmarks are like, you know, what, uh, 1200 food, 600 gold, and you go up with this golden food. What the civilization that you were, it's almost like an RPG. Okay, for example, Sarkin, you like playing Skyrim. You know how Skyrim goes. Uh-huh, you, uh-huh. You, you sneak, you do a lot of sneaking, a lot of pickpocketing, you level up by doing that more. What if a civilization that you hit your third age, it's almost like the, uh, what's the Ottoman, the system they use when you make more the vizier villagers? Points. Vizier points. Like a vizier point system, but like through raiding or something or fighting. So you didn't level up your landmark. You couldn't go to Castle Age from just making a land, well, you could go to Castle Age by getting food and gold. You had to get, get Castle Age by the more villagers you killed or the more buildings you burned down. Like it was like a vizier point. You had almost had like a little leveling up tracker. That reminds me kind of of the, uh, the, uh, the, we looked at the, uh, Chili's, uh, Dane's idea was that kind of like oh, the bound, instead of like a bounty system, like for, for like Roos, you'd like raid or you'd build things and then, or kind of like, like a golden age effect where you build enough buildings to get the golden age. He was thinking like, you could do, you're thinking like something like that, but that's how you age up. That's how you age yeah. up. So that's interesting. But I interesting. Guess, so I'll, I'll piggyback off of that real quick. Sorry, I'm trying to take over. Uh, there is a champion in League of Legends named Kane who Ooh. can transform into one or two, one of two type of transformations, mm. depending on if he's hit melee or ranged units. So mm. your idea kind of plays off of that, where if you're hitting a building mm. or a unit or a villager, it would then depend what you choose depending on what you hit. Boys, you just got me going again, Taylor. Really you got me going again. Okay, what if, depending on what you attack and what you're attacking more, that determines what landmark you're going to. If you kill a lot of villagers, so, so, so imagine, you're a military landmark. If you kill a lot of buildings, you go up economically. Yeah, so, economic so we're thinking like, like instead of choosing the, the like, like a house of wisdom, instead of, or that's what it is, right? The house of wisdom. Instead of choosing what, mm-hmm. what wing you build, you choose by what you do. Yes. Yeah. And that's what that would be. Yeah. That'd be uh, different. What's, what's I don't know that though. Like that would be maybe, I mean, maybe Danes. I, I do I think worry. Danes. I worry Danes could do that. I worry. My one thought is uh, that could work for Danes, considering that they can go very eco and be more settlers versus the raiders. But the one thing is though, um, that would very much shoehorn you into certain build orders. Most definitely. But and if you I have four different build orders, orders, and if you can adjust it and have like the cross. That'd be really interesting to see, and that would make it an incredibly difficult sim to play, I think, in some ways. Very hard. <laughs> I would probably not even like be, it. No. That'd be, that'd be a, that's a fun concept. That's a fun concept. I, I like that. that that's, hmm. So, like, and, I, and if you're an opponent, if you realize that, okay, he's attacking a lot of my villagers, he probably targets my villagers, he's doing that, he's probably going military wing. That would probably make it a little bit harder. I mean, like, is that if you're in the opposition, you can kind of know what your enemy's going towards, but doesn't make it as easy to stop. Doesn't make it like, be easier to stop it. Like, you know... I just like the aspect of, you know, just like a Caleb hide on. Okay, yeah, you put all these units in the game, all this, but like what what really are you doing differently? Like what's really making you stand out, you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like if there's a specialization that, like, okay, not why does every single landmark have to go up with food and gold? Maybe there's a landmark that doesn't require gold to level up, or maybe there's a landmark that doesn't require, like, just mm-hmm. do it to where, like, you know, I this is me just spitballing off the top here. Nothing's rolled down, it's off the top. What but I'm saying like, said you, you had know, to go like wood and stone was what you had. Yeah, to wood and stone. Up. Yeah, exactly. So like, you're like, so now so everything's changed, changed. Everything's changed. Like, what if like, you know, is there is there a unit in AO2 that is like pretty much all trash unit civilization? Like no gold? 
Like um, I think I don't know if you any. I don't know if you played AOE two, Caleb, or I, I mean, there's there's I some there's some specific units that are like a trash unit that you can spam out. Yeah, like maybe there's a summarization that like you know it's not as gold unit dependent even in Imperial Age, where like they're more so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, we're talking like, like an antithesis yeah. to Malians, an antithesis to Malians, where yeah, they yeah. like Malians are all about the gold. This it would be like screw gold. <laughs> yeah, like they like we, we make golems out of what? the stone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, right. that, maybe that would be like an Aztec sieve, you know? Like, like they don't no. need they, they've got El Dorado. Go. They, don't, they don't need gold. They've already got it in all their yeah, buildings. That's what their buildings are maybe their buildings are made of gold and all their units are trash units, basically. They, they only get one town center and it generates X gold per minute depending on the age. And oh, they can't harvest yeah. gold. And they now don't but they don't need that much point. either or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, it's exactly. spicy. Now uh, okay, on that on, on Aztecs though, not to kind of completely pivot us, I was wondering, uh given this so one of the tricky things about adding sieves in this game um, is that we're kind of constrained by the historical timeline that we're in. Yeah. So we, I think the game kind of begins anywhere from like 700 AD and kind of caps out around 1400 AD. So basically, I mean, if you look at like the campaign, especially the campaign uh, kind of ends, I think the latest that game I've seen is 1400, uh, which is right before the exploration age, um, right before the discovery quote unquote discovery of the new world, right? Where mm-hmm. so do American like Mesoamerican civs have a place in AOE4 even? Because I think Aztecs is one that gets brought up a lot. That's a fun a lot of those uh, American civs are played in AOE2. That's something that they have a lot of. It makes more sense, I think, there because it's kind of I think AOE2 is a bit more broad. Uh whereas AOE4 seems to be kind of very stuck within that six, seven hundred year span, right? Uh does it have a place? Do American civs have a place in AOE 4? Does that fit the timeline and fit well, the Well, the, the Aztecs were around from about 13 to 1500. So they, they would fit the timeline, but yes, were they, they even, the would they be something that would be interact? Would it make sense to have them interacting with no. uh, the other? And I, I guess like you could say the same, just did China ever <laughs> actually fight English? No. So no, why are yeah. they playing in AOE 2? That doesn't make, or AOE yeah, 4, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I guess there's that. They are element. in the proper timeline. I think but they are in the problem. Okay. Yes. I'll yep. accept that. I'll accept that. Do we, I mean, cause that's another sieve I think that could very well, I mean, as far as like the Malians being so. kind of the surprise kind of representing a more of the, some of the African nations that you don't think about Aztecs mm-hmm. would obviously be the shoe in for uh, an American, like, sieve, America, like a South, a central American yeah, sieve. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. and I think you could definitely do some games of stone and stuff. Uh, thing is they'd be more, uh, you know, kind of isolated, kind of like the Malians were. Um, mm-hmm. you know, isolated in that way, and definitely some cool mechanics off of that. Mm-hmm. Did, did, Aztecs didn't have ca- uh, they didn't have cavalry, right? No, they didn't have horses. Oh, I, horses, uh, like tens of thousands of years ago, there were horses on the continent. They found bones of horses, but they didn't. When the Spanish arrived, there were no horse bones. Or they were, were like, no, oh my gosh, no what are these gods? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. horses were introduced oh. by by the Spaniards. Or mid- yep. Yeah. Okay. So like I remember, okay. So I do watch. I watch a little bit of AOE too. They have uh, eagle scouts, right? Scouts that are like basically footmen. Yeah, they run, run as fast as horses, just to give so, them something. Yeah. See now, this is where I become. See, I know by historically <laughs> accurately, historically accuracy, maybe like might not match up completely, but I would love to see that. Like I want, that lamb, I want llama cavalry. Exactly, <laughs> that'd be so though. Like. Like okay, like okay. Now, what do you guys draw the line between like historic historic accuracy and like just kind of simulation? Like, I mean, I like is that you like 
you know, obviously, like, you know, the Mongols never really, you know, really invaded Western Europe for the most part. I mean, a little the, bit. the Huns, uh, that, that there's a lot of debate on, like, whether the Huns were the same Huns, like Attila the Hun in Eastern Europe invading that area were the same steppe tribes that were also in Northern yeah. China. Like, there's there's some people, scholars, who say that was the same group and they are similar. And then some groups that say, ah, not quite as much, might have been different. Uh, exactly. No, you bring up a good point, and that's another thing I really want to talk about was the historical accuracy. Because Malians, for instance, some of the uh, unit choices for Malians are a bit of a stretch, frankly. Uh, historically, they right. didn't really right. happen. That weren't really like the sofas, I think, or some of them were just kind of like that's not really how that worked. And they didn't have couches. What are they talking about? <laughs> Ooh, <boo. laughs> uh, <laughs> classic. I'm just saying, I just like, after a while, I feel like we got to kind of think about it. Like, I mean, yeah, it, you know, maybe some of my real stories out there probably does maybe nitpick, nitpick a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still a video game. And like, mm-hmm. really, like, a lot of these things really didn't take place. A lot of these, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, we got, uh, we got siege that are operating themselves. I mean, we got a bombard that's literally firing <laughs> itself. Like, there's no the bombards one are way, if you guys ever played the campaign, uh, the bombards in game are way bigger than what they actually look like, uh, when they actually had them. They're like little tiny <laughs> yeah, cannons. Right. Like, they're very different sizes. Exactly. Except guys, for the great bombard. The great bombard, oh, you know, that, that thing's accurate. <laughs> yeah I, I remember watching the clip i remember watching the clip in the campaign well that's another thing too about historical accuracy is that this game is kind of presented as uh especially the campaign is presented as a documentary and i actually really enjoyed that uh-huh. i like i like that as a videographer as a content producer i think it's a really fun choice and it's a good way to frame the game i think it really kind of grounds it a little bit but obviously some some very very uh uh Strong liberties, artistic liberties have been taken. I mean, the bombards are massive compared to the little things that they were actually using. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much. I, I, to me, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Sir Nevels. At the end of the day, this is a video game. However, I don't think you can completely disregard of uh, the historical accuracy, given that this game is presented as a pseudo documentary as well at the same time, especially for the campaign. Yeah. Well, for the campaign, I think story, historic accuracy is a bit more relevant. But dude, Malian's campaign win. <laughs> oh, man. Malian's <laughs> campaign win. <laughs> That'd be an interesting campaign. I mean, like really, but honestly and truly, I mean, okay, what do you? Okay, this kind of like what campaigns would you like to see in the game from Civilization? Like, all what of campaign? them. I think all of them. I think every city have its own campaign. I think. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's a bit greedy, but like I think all they all yeah, should. Who do you, who would you want to see next? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're gonna release a campaign with the new. If it's a paid DLC, it's probably gonna be a campaign with them. So, who would you like to see as far as a mm. campaign civilization? I think I think I know mine. That's I think tough. I'll, I'll see. I feel I feel so basic just saying Japan <laughs> like that <laughs> would be so. Japanese Civ makes a lot of sense because they were yeah, they, they did interact a little bit with Chinese. I mean, China tried yeah, to make Japan at one point. Hear me out. Oh, ooh, ooh. Chinese, a, a Japanese campaign, mm-hmm. but it's like, like Japanese lords fighting Japanese lords with their samurais and stuff. Oh, like it's that. like Civil War campaign. Yeah, imagine a game like where you were, you pick up a shogun, you can pick one of the shoguns in Japan, and you kind of like imagine like a little map. You have to take over all of Japan, and you choose mm-hmm. where what battle. Instead of being linear, yeah. it's like a it's kind of like what Company of Heroes did, right? Where it's you just got to take oh. over Italy. For their campaign, like that's kind of open. There you go. That would be yeah, kind of a fun thing to. There's a precedent with that with Company Heroes. That'd be kind I'm of fun. They could just steal the code from that, slap it on <laughs> over. There you go. 
Devs ain't put that much. Sorry, he trying to put these devs to work. I, like, yeah, all right, I, man. I, I, <laughs> They're like, it's only three of us, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's only three of us and a hamster and a wheel running in this whole thing. <laughs> no, no, big shout out like to those it. devs. They're, they're working hard. We, we, oh, we appreciate yeah. their work. Or what if it was a campaign, like, for example, they introduce the Byzantines and it's literally the whole, mainly campaign is just defending Constantinople against the Ottomans. Like, that's what during the campaign. Yeah. Like it was just like like that. I feel like that right there. Be going to introduce the Byzantines. Like you just you're like I mean at the end of the day. I mean you know to spoiler on history you lose. But uh, you know you just you just going through it. You going through the struggle of just defending mm-hmm. the last greatest city. Like anything, y'all know. Just I I just feel like the game. I mean anytime you hey sorry since you're saying about like just adding in like maybe like don't like if anything like not surpassing twenty because I feel like. The, the way this game has operated with the different variation civilization is really kind of what staples the game. It kind of like they start kind of going more so quantity over quality. That's going to really put the game in a really bad spot. And, um, you know, I think too many saves will upset the balance of the game also. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like them implementing like, you know, two at a time and not really going. Because I heard somebody put a Reddit post like I would like 100 civilizations. That'd be awesome. But I really disagree with that. I mean, of course, it'd be cool. But as far as after a certain point, you have a lot of like pretty much echo civilizations, like not yeah. much difference. So you got a good point with that. I mean, four, I'd, it breaks my heart because I am coming up to you to be like, I want this. Just want one. This yeah, we just want more, right? They're also cool. But realistically speaking, it probably around 14, 16 civs. That's probably like the sweet I see that spot. where I see that's where I think that's where it would cap out. If I had to pick, yeah. right, if I had to pick four, let's, let's go through that. Let's go. Let's see if we had to only add four more civs. Um, what would they be? I would personally, I think, go for uh, I think you've got to add a Viking Civ. So Norse or Danes, um, I think there is a way you can make them different enough. Um, I think I think that's just the hallmark of this game is, I think, mostly what happened in Europe. That medieval fighting, I think, is kind of what gives this game the character it has. Um, I do think we need a Japanese Civ. I, I like mm-hmm. the East Asian Civs. Um, I think that's a lot of fun. I know some people float around the Vietnamese. Um, I, I, think, I think I think Japanese would be better received, frankly, uh, yes. for better or worse. And I think they have a good I think there's a good fit with the kind of intrigue between them and China. I think that would fit. So that'd be my number two. Uh, number three, I guess I'll go with the Aztecs. I do think that that's the I Civ that they want. I think we need to get that representation. We have an African Civ. Mm-hmm. We need a North American Civ. I, I think that would be good. And then the last one, I think I'm kind of torn between wanting like an Italian Civ or wanting mm-hmm. a... Uh, or wanting a like a Portuguese slash maybe like oh, an yeah. Iberia, maybe like Iberia, like an Iberian peninsula. So Spanish and Portuguese in like one sieve. I think that'd be yeah. cool. Although I do like the idea of like the Sri Lanka as well. That that's another potential option. Those would be kind of yeah, my my top ideas, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not a terrible idea. I just I think the Spanish slash Portuguese, the Aztecs, the Japanese in the north are unique enough from what we already have, cover a lot of the bases. Uh, I, I like that list a lot. Um that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you could always add it Australia, too. You know. Oh, just because. <laughs> <laughs> just because. I mean, I mentioned, I mentioned it'd be kind of cool to have like a, I mean, this, this would be tough because you'd have to just amalgamate a lot of it. But like a Polynesian sieve would be so cool. Yeah. They just have mm. no place. They just have, don't really have a but place. Maybe like, yeah. what, giga water focused and then you're just screwed. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really have a fitting place in the game even though i love the polynesians and all their various cultures i really have a deep appreciation for what that is and how cool they are i I don't know that they would fit in this game though 
number one uh, yeah. dry Arabia sieve. Oh, gosh, that <laughs> would be the most ironic thing if that ended up if that would happen and was true. That'd be so funny. That'd be so good. Honestly, soccer center kind of like if we was gonna mirror what you pretty much picked. I mean, you pretty much catered like those are probably like a really good force if that. I don't know why I just feel like Byzantines are such an important, they were just so relevant during that time of history. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like you gotta throw them in there somewhere, even though they are they are like you say, you mentioned HRE and Ottomans make a baby, and it's pretty much got Byzantines. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, that's how it is. You know, sometimes you got, that's the air. That's the air. To the, that's the one, like, I, because I feel like Byzantines, they were just, they were like, you know, they're the continuation of the Roman Empire, you know? Uh-huh. But when the West died, the East, they, they you know, prevailed for a very long time after. And they were very, they're much, very much involved in Western European politics at times. So it's very, there's such, they're a huge empire. So weird. I'd be very weird to, like, just not have them included in the game because, you know, they're kind of like, they can be somewhat similar to other cities. It'd be, it's going to take some work and take a lot of creativity to make them stand out. But, you know, like I said, it's a, I know historical accuracy is a real big thing to hit on the head there. But at the same time, it's a game. And you kind of got to toy the history a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. Yeah. I can kind of, just for the sake of quality of the game. Yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, you know, look, look historically, they're, they were around at very similar times and they were politically fighting over who was kind of the true, mm-hmm. uh, uh, daddy, but um, <laughs> the true daddy, come on, let's just say it, just say it. Yeah. I just, I, I think they are, uh, I think it's possible to make them. I just think like Socrates list is much more variety. Yeah. And most I definitely. That, um, more things. It would game. cover more things. Um, mm-hmm. and then I think, and then I've been kind of, I keep forgetting to mention this every time it's brought up and I keep getting reminded and I finally am going to say it now. I think after you hit that cap that Socrates was talking about, that's when you could start to uh, insert deviations mm-hmm. into sieves. So you could uh, pick the Holy Roman Empire and then under that pick have maybe even just a like subgroup. That. Like how, you know, like pick, pick, you know, whatever you want to call the you know Germanic sieves and then you could have a submenu of Holy oh. Roman Byzantine. You know what, um, sir? Now you're that sleeping. opens up a whole new window. That's kind of kind of what I was thinking after you hit that cap, where they could then introduce like a whole slew of sieves, maybe an additional one for each sieve they already have, and you then just have like the Celts then for English. If English need mm-hmm. like the Celts would be their all English and Celts, and so nah, they're play similar, so you don't have to come up with a ton of new economic things because when you pick that, your enemy will see that, and then so they can kind of conceptually understand what you're going to do and then mm-hmm. play against the specific type of units you have and stuff. I want to play around with this wow. a little bit. I think of some options for this. This is kind of cool because like I said, you have English could have the Celts. Uh, mm-hmm. HRE could have like the barbarians. Ottomans could maybe have Byzantines maybe if you want to include those in there. Uh, trying to think. I don't know what you maybe Malians. I don't know if like, I don't know like how close they are to Ukraine. Ethiopia. Rus can maybe have like the, the Ukrainians. Um, yeah, or you can be like, or Muscovy, you can kind of split those two up. Uh, yeah. even, even Mongols, you could have the Eastern and the Western. Could, you could have like, the Eastern, you could have like different cons, different cons. Yeah. Like the Horde in the East. And then you have like the, uh, the Huns in the, like Attila and his Huns. And, yeah. Because they were, they were kind of different in some ways. Uh, French, you have, uh, I was trying to think about French, French, you can have like, there's, you can maybe split French into the different parts, you know, maybe like the more yeah. Swiss Alps, French, and then maybe more of the. Uh, the lowlands French with like maybe the Frisians or something. So you want like like different loadouts for each civilization? Yeah, like what would we do differently with those? I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you just change like 
one, it, you wouldn't want to go too crazy because they would have to play mostly yeah, the same. So maybe yeah, you just, maybe just alter thought. one unit or one small thing. Or, or a handful of units or an economic thing. Um, you know, you could you could alter some things, but you ultimately it would play similar enough to where it would be easy for me to pick up the secondary uh, as I play Holy Roman Empire to pick up the, mm -hmm. the Byzantines mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, maybe you instead of uh, like a Holy Roman, maybe instead of like lance necks, you get like a Tuaton or something like one of like a, a really yeah, a exactly. really tanky yep. man at arm instead. Uh, for English, you could have instead of your men at arms, you could have like a, a the Celts. You could have like the the Woad Warrior or something. Mm -hmm. You guys are talking hot right now. This is like, this is this is dope. This, oh yeah, this is after huge. I think that's just the natural evolution, and uh, with because like the way. Okay, so the way Age of Empires two works is everything's basically the same, and then you have real minor details, uh -huh. and you uh, you either hit a hard cap, like Socrates was saying where you just you start to lose the ability to create diversity because of the limitations of the game mechanics and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Which so I think this is a workaround to continue building extra sieves mm -hmm. um, on top of those by having sub menus of of, uh, you know, larger groups that have a very specific type of play style. And then you break it down from there uh, is, like is the natural way to progress with more than that soft cap of sieves. Now. Would you would it be like highlighted to your opponent which build you're going for, or would it just still overarch? Like, say for example, like you know you're playing HRE, but like you have the sub menu of like the Bohemians. Like, would it like, the flag change to the Bohemians? Or, oh, you'd, like, you'd absolutely see exactly what your opponent's. Playing. Okay, so yes. maybe like in the, in the loader menu it says HRE, but like a little underneath it it says Bohemian. No, it's yeah, Bohemian, or Germanic, you know, and then it says HRE or, or Bohemian or. Whatever. Oh, we no, we didn't even we never even discussed Poland. Like, I wonder about the, like... Yeah, how, they could probably be a subgroup of something, too. Like the Polish-Lithuanian, like, uh, Commonwealth? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like that. Ooh, yeah, it's spicy. Like that. Okay. There's okay. so many options that could There's be so, I forgot game. about that. Probably Lithuania and Poland. Like, that's another, like, two Eastern European civilizations mm -hmm. that were pretty relevant during that time. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Boys, hire us. Listen. <laughs> Extra sheet, we're on, put us on staff, Microsoft. <laughs> oh, put us on staff. We would overwhelm those poor guys with our ideas. Dude, like, like, yo, there's like only idea. 10 of us. We can't do all this in a year. Dude, dude I'll be duct taped in a closet. They be in my dude's got my ear every day talking about some nonsense. Like, talk about making like, you know, two handed swords, man. Like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> like, I, mean, I would drive these developers nuts. Uh, like, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. Microsoft? Yeah. Under your head, Stop. what two new sieves oh, no. would you do? If we were getting, if, if we get, we get what we hope for, because we're kind of running on the assumption that one, they actually really are getting more sieves for us, and two, that they're <laughs> happening soon. That maybe this summer we're getting them. <laughs> Under your head, we have two new sieves. What are they? Uh, Norse and Japanese. Of course, I, yeah. I would, That's pretty I, I would I'd say I'd that those say are the very same. two most yeah. likely, uh, based off of common common demand, based off of. Uh, how to capitalize on that, um, you know, conceptually, because the Japanese have a lot of really cool things they could do with even like, you know, rice fields and things uh -huh. like that. And they can borrow a lot of um, the architecture stuff from the, chap mm, the Chinese already being in the game. Yeah, similar. Change, you know, change a couple change small things, color. but yeah. <laughs> uh, the Norse, like we were talking, they could do like a age up, depending on what they're hitting. They could even capture units. 
uh, a percentage oh, of chance yeah, to like great. capture a unit after killing it instead of killing mm-hmm. it. Imagine or instead have of like unit... just killing vills, you raid for vills and you take a vill. Well, you could yeah. do that or have like a unit that you have to like take to your town center so it's like exposed and if it dies, they all die. But you could like, you know, have like a almost like a traitor for units that you bring back from the battle. Dude, I'm just um, like now I'm really wanting to see a save where you no actually point. go capture your opponent's villagers. Like actually like take them back to your town center. <laughs> like, and then, wagon. like 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 you like raid them with like some horsemen or something like that. And you they have to like it, it kind of like kind of ima- imagine imagine like the workings of like a professional scouts. But professional like oh, like like pillagers, professional and you, paddy wagon. And you like actually <laughs> pillage the other person's villagers, and if you can get them back to your town center before they stop him, like it, obviously it'd be a lot of effort. But then you get yeah. that huge swing yeah. of they lose villagers, you gain yeah, those villagers. They lose That'd and be you gain so the exact cool. Oh, dude, don't get me started. That sounds so great. That sounds so. <laughs> I want most people to do that. That would fit so well historically oh, with so how dope. they work. That would. Good? Oh, that'd be so good. And yep. what if as you went up through the ages, like you got like a horse, like you got like a. Uh, like a carriage, like I can't think of the word I'm plugging on his head in my head, but like you, okay, maybe a horse. Okay, you know how like when you got the bumper, like for the Ottomans, you got that little like you can add a uh, arm, uh, uh, you know, infantrymen into your siege to make you, you know shoot faster or something uh-huh. like that. What if like that was like kind of the horseman? Like the horseman had like a little zero slash one, like he can get one villager, take it, ride it back to the TC, and then as yeah. he scaled up, then it became maybe like you upgrade that horseman or upgrade that. Technology man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's a little wagon. Maybe it's zero out of five now. You could take five. Gosh, Anybody that would be so frustrating to play yeah. against, but it'd be so yeah, funny. Be like Grand Theft Venison, but on steroids. Well, oh, and it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, snowballing off of the idea if they were maybe their uh, maybe their agents don't cost resources, but exclusively cost rating points. And mm. the best way to stop them is to mm-hmm. defend. Actually, build defend. a ton of static defenses. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if they can't raid you, they are stuck. You're stuck because you're building units. They mm-hmm. get whatever bonuses would balance that out to equate to, you know. You know what? So make it very just... punishable. Make it very punishable. I think that yeah. that would actually, okay. you'd actually start seeing siege towers. Uh-huh. If oh. it was that bad, people would be building stone walls to try and keep them out because they can raid through. You might actually start seeing siege towers just to get those guys inside the base and to get the raids yeah. done. That, you know, there's there's a lot of potential in this. Put us on staff. I'm done. We need, <laughs> we need, we need, we need, we've we got contracts. ideas. Three contracts. We need three contracts. I didn't know. I didn't even I'm accepting all offers now. <laughs> oh, four, four. We got we to get, get Bill on this, too. Oh, right? yeah. Bill. Oh, I'm so sorry, Bill. Oh, I'm sorry. If they Bill. pay for me right. to learn how to code, I'm down. I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give sense, us a closet in office. Give us a little quick closet. Give us four monitors and a nice little GPU. CPU. We're good. We'll make it happen. Oh, boy. That'd be something. That'd be something. That's something, really. I'm really not a. Wow. Here's yeah, another question. And this is completely speculative. Do we think that if and when they add new civs, will they make it a paid DLC? And how much would we expect it or want it to cost? Obviously, we want it to be free. But if it's not, I mean, would we be willing to pay? How much would we be willing to pay to see some of these new civs in the game? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I'd pay 20 for sure. I'd yeah. pay 20 bucks for Japanese and Norse. I'd pay that. Even yeah, if I didn't play but, it much, I'd do it. But it, I feel like it has to have a campaign. It's got to have a campaign. It's mm. like making more like worthy i mean yeah, even though I, just I, I would yeah i would pay for just the civs in general but i can't let them know that so like no i wouldn't pay for that I wouldn't want to well i mean <laughs> the hard thing about rts is 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 monetization and that's where yeah. uh like what stormgate is doing and this is off topic obviously but what stormgate's going to do is they're going to build an rts with a lot of what starcraft's monetization did built mm-hmm. in from the get-go so they can either be free to play or pretty cheap to buy 
mm-hmm. then you can add cosmetics and things on top of that and DLCs to, to mm-hmm. keep you unlocking that. And the problem with what the way they have Age of Empire set up now is it's on Game Pass where you're paying full price. Uh, and if they don't have any continued revenue, there is no way for them to continue exactly. doing things on a long-term basis. Outside of just getting Because how are they the making game. money? Yeah. Yeah, well, and you know exactly. they've mentioned they have mentioned. I remember taking a couple months ago. Uh, this would have been back before the new year, uh, so a good couple, like half a year ago. I remember doing one of the community surveys that they put out. Um, and on there, one of the things they were asking about was, "What do you think about having new cosmetics?" And that got me super <clears throat> excited. I was because you know I like having our little banners. Everyone's got the little banners you can make a little profile thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine basically, and it was just, this was kind of implied on this too when they were talking about it. They listed out some of these ideas they were having. Uh, like having your own your banner that you have like in your little profile imagine having that flying above your town center yeah or having that like having different like maybe you take a sacred site and then your little flag goes up like i mean things like that would be so cool those little small changes would actually go a long way how much would we how much would we pay would we would we be willing to pay for cosmetics for this game i mean imagine like different ram cosmetics or different like sheep cosmetics it would um, have to be, yeah, it would have to be specific things like that because the core issue of adding like skin type cosmetics in RTS games is see the units. units have to be recognizable. And if they're not recognizable, the game falls apart, right? Mm-hmm. In a MOBA, I know already who I'm fighting and it stays stagnant and the units aren't changing. Jinx isn't changing into to Caitlyn, isn't changing into Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know exactly who I'm fighting all the time and that's stagnant. And so then you can play off of the theme of the character and things like that. As opposed to like if a Musafati warrior changed to something drastically different looking, I would uh-huh. never recognize that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus something yeah. else in the group. You're right, 100%. But like, so I think like, that's, that's like really the men at arms the though, for like men at arms, the English men at arms, maybe you could play with like the shield or maybe you could do, I think you could do some small things. Yeah, be small. small. Changes, okay. It'd be small. Yeah, but what but what I want to pay for a shield is difficult to see in the middle of a battle. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I think but, siege would be one of the easy things to decorate. I think siege would be a really good one. I think uh, heap and stuff where it's used isolated mm. even to your own PC. Mm, it's not yeah. even like a shared cosmetic where you just change the sheep to boar or the sheep to lions or whatever, um, or the mm-hmm. boar to lions, etc. You could do those type of changes where they're like isolated to even your own. Um mm-hmm. Would people As pay for island. isolated? Would people pay for isolated skins? Do you think? I think people would pay for for like yeah, small it, for like neutral mob type things like that. I think you know three bucks for for yeah. the boars to change to elephants. I think would absolutely, you know, be yeah. something they would want to do. Well, hmm. yeah, uh, I get the, for like that. I don't know. Like you said, like boar turns to elephants and like lions. I I don't know. Like I I kind of feel like that should be just like um like. Temperament. I'm not missing the word right. Uh, no, like type of like Mediterranean. based off of the environment. Yeah, yeah the environment. I feel like that would be more relevant. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you're in, like, I feel like when it comes down to that, I the feel wolves like to be like up. tigers in the southeast. Yeah, Asia yeah, biome. exactly, exact biome. Yeah, I mean, and they do that in empires too. Yeah, okay, um, that. But I feel like if you're paying for something cosmetic, I mean, you know, like uh, don't don't make it crazy i mean really like max out three dollars maybe give yourself mm-hmm. a certain like a certain house uh you know sigil on you know maybe a trebuchet or maybe family tc something really small help you stand out i don't think that really hurt and like even like you know keeps or towns of the buildings like i don't think individual units really matter that much because especially playing panoramic you're not really going to see the detail in the units that well like not as much well, that's one of the challenges of the game too right is being able to see what the units are exactly. from far away 
I, I already struggled identifying Somalian. Like when I say oh, yeah. Somali, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Is this a, is this a, a, a like, you know, a Donzo or is this a jab, a jab and throw? I like something like when they get in a big blob, it's really hard to decipher. So like, I do not think, yeah. Like when it comes down to units, it's very um, it's a little bit hard to actually dif- differentiate them. But, um, I do feel like I would, I would probably pay 20, 25 bucks for an expansion of, you know, maybe a campaign and two new saves or two, three new saves. Like, I don't know. But like, after a while, like you said, Caleb, like, I mean, you do need some type of revenue stream to continue the game. Like, I mean, yeah. just gonna, like we think from a consumer point of view, like, just give us it all. Give us free. Like me personally, <laughs> it would worry me if they weren't charging the next one. I'd be like, well, yeah. how are you guys getting money? Like, how are you guys going to yeah. keep this going? I was surprised yeah, like, when I was too. I was surprised when the Malians and Ottomans were for free. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I, I mean well, as, they, they kind of owed us. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. I kind of yeah. like, yeah. And, 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 and that was good. That was good marketing. Like, those two being free, you know, especially Miley's being like kind of a shocker. And it was kind of a big sieve, you know, like those two were, those are two good free civilizations mm-hmm. to add. And I, I, one, I do I, think that was a good one that they added because I don't think anyone would pay a for Miley's oh, yeah. if it was mm-hmm. a paid DLC. Yeah. So I do think they've done it well. And if they do go for like a Dane slash Viking sieve and a Japanese, I think that's, people pay I feel like that's what most people expect. Um, we haven't yeah. really, and again, this is completely speculative. We, they might not be making new sieves at all, which would be, I think, really, <laughs> which would be really bad for the game. I think they do need to add those oh, two I mean, in. Because yeah. um, I think the longevity of this game is definitely something that many people have doubted already, um, especially with the yeah. the less than ideal launch that this game had, uh, which is becoming yeah. more and more common, I will say, across the board. So I don't think it's actually that bad for the game long term. Um, yeah. I do think there is still some competition with AoE 2. Um, a, lot of, a lot of big guys still think that's the superior way of doing things, even though at this point it's that game's older almost than I am. Uh, yeah, I think it is older than me. No, no, no. It's a little bit. It's, it's, it's like it's like close. If we're in our like yeah, mid to late twenties, it's close. It's close. And I think pretty AOE close. one is definitely older than I am. Uh, I think I'm. Oh, as, yeah, I think AOE I am one. just a little bit older than AOE two. I think it came out like ninety seven yeah. or ninety when did it come out there? Uh, 99? I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think AOE 1 came out 97. I think 99 was 2. Yeah, 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 AOE 1 was 97. Okay, okay. okay. No, I, I, I might, I'm older than age, age 1 then. Okay, that yeah. makes me feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was just thinking about it. I was like, it was an old game, but maybe I'm just getting old. To say the truth, I believe the real threat to the longevity of AOE 4. Believe that I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to read this existing, but really I believe that Stormgate. Is Stormgate. The, I have yeah, not Storm heard much game. about this game yet. Can you guys brief me Man. on this? What, what is Stormgate? I've, so, I've heard it, but I, so, no, I don't know nothing about it. Let let me get my soapbox out. Oh, yeah, Uh-oh. let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Stormgate is being made by a lot of the guys that worked at Blizzard on StarCraft specifically, and it is uh, being designed from the ground up to be a modern RTS, and that doesn't mean modern like Age of Empires what uh, 4. So what happened at Age of Empires 4 is they took the time frame of Age of Empires 2, modernized a lot of the mechanics, uh-huh. made it pseudo-isometric because uh, isom- is- isometry, I don't know if that's the word, Time to go. Uh, lets people kind of uh, form pseudo-communities around things. So like, like StarCraft, like Starcraft. you had, very, very you had Taran players, Zerg players, Protoss players, uh-huh. right? And they would add a few new units and on, on a big paid-for expansion, um, but you wouldn't have you know, everybody having to learn everything, you could exclusively play Zerg, and that was, like, your thing, right? And have it as an identity. And so having asymmetry 
allows for those identities like I'm a I'm an HRE main, right? If I want to go pro, sure, because of the way the game works, I have to learn them all. But I if I'm not pro, I can only play HRE and it doesn't matter. Um mm-hmm. and and I feel unique doing that, right? And having that feeling of uniqueness mm-hmm. kind of I'm an HRE that. main. So, I'm a X main. Yeah. yeah. And so what Stormgate is doing is it's piggybacking off of StarCraft. There's going to be I think they're talking about three to five total uh factions on release. Um, potentially more depending on how it feels out. But it, initially, I think it's probably going to be three. Currently, there's going to be two when they release the beta sometime later this year. Uh-huh. Um, and it is uh, going to have a, a 3v3 co-op mode built in with different mm-hmm. mechanics than That's That's 1v1s. So 1v1 is going to be standard RTS stuff. 3v3 is going to be kind of like StarCraft had their little hero mode where you picked like a hero and it was like a spin-off of one of the main factions is going to be like that built in from the get-go with its own game mode and its own balancing scene with little hero units and stuff like that um and they're using uh fighting game technology it's called rollback uh netcode or something like that where they're you're able to like get like really really low ping and they can like do like instant replays and stuff right out the gate as well for esport type stuff oh wow um and so they're they're doing a lot of really really cool stuff at a base level from like, this is what we want to include at the start of the game and not things will add over time. Uh, and it's going to be minimal sieves and play. We don't know how it's going to play, but it's assumed it's going to play more like Starcraft um, just because that's where a lot of the guys are from and a lot of what they're basing their stuff off of. Uh, and so a lot of the people from Starcraft 2, because Starcraft 2 has no longer, they, they've stopped supporting it. Basically, uh-huh. there's not going to be. And it's it's an old game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what will happen is a lot of those people will end up moving to Stormgate, mm. whether it's a great game or a terrible game or whatever. Um, a lot of them will just move over there because it's kind of the next step for that group. Exactly. Um, and I think Age of Empires 4 will lose a decent portion of the people, at least initially. Um, and they yeah, might fall back to mm-hmm, and they might fall back to Age of Empires 4 just because they do play completely differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Age of Empires 4 is way more economic based than uh, StarCraft is, but it just depends on where Stormgate lands. But it, currently, um, obviously, you can't get too hyped about new games <laughs> these days. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, currently, sure. it, the way they're sharing their dev progress and the things that they are sharing are all moving in a very, very smart direction. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's been a lot of. I feel like there's been a lot of. Na- there was a period of a lot of naysayers about Age Empires 4. I think the launch wasn't great, and I think a lot of people left the game. I think it kind of went through a renaissance. Um, I think this game is in a... I, I think anyone who... I, I see so many posts going, is Age Empires 4 worth it now? And it's like, yes, it's totally worth it. I think the community, <laughs> I think, that's left with this game now is not small, for one. I, this is this game is continually clawing back up uh, mm-hmm. concurrent players month over month from what I've been seeing. Um, I might not be completely accurate on that, but I, I've seen like the player base has grown. I think especially with the new addition of these two sieves of the Malians and Ottomans, uh, the game has feels like it's in a better spot. I mean, we, we've been saying it on this. Episode, we started a podcast about this game because of this, uh, really, that the game is in a good spot. The community is in a very dedicated spot with this game. Um, there's a lot of naysayers about about this game. I think of like Hera. I think he's probably the probably the biggest uh, <laughs> probably the biggest uh, guy who. Not that he's a detractor and he's like a hater against this game, but he was in on this game and then went, nope, I'm going back to AOE 2. And he's kind of short about AOE 4 in a lot of ways, I think. 
Uh, and you know, he's entitled to his opinion. And I, I can disagree with him all he wants. He's a far better RTS player than I will probably ever be. So uh, I can only say so much about it. Don't show, but, don't show yourself, man. You never know, man. Never, I, mean, I, would, I would have to play. I had to play. I had to play like 16 hours a day to yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but he went back to AOE 2. And AOE 2 has had a huge renaissance because of the definitive editions, uh, because of just the support that it's gotten post facto, really. Um, mm-hmm. Age 4, I think a lot of people kind of wonder, like, where is this game going to go? I, I would say for a medieval strategy game, RTS game, uh, it's kind of a hallmark of what there is. Because I mean, uh, this game, this new game that you're mentioning, uh, what was it called? Uh, what's the new Stormgate? one? Stormgate? Yeah. Stormgate. Yeah. Stormgate, yeah. I mean, Stormgate, I feel like Starcraft and Stormgate are very they're just very different from the medieval style that AOE four encompasses. Like to me, I like, it's like, it's like going to be like the new, uh, there's like Skyrim and there's going to be Skyrim in space with Starfield. Oh yeah. I think I'll enjoy that game, but Skyrim is Skyrim. Like, you know, there's something to Mm -hmm. having an elder scrolls game that the genres are just different. You got sci-fi, you got medieval fantasy, essentially. Uh, I think it's like like, like fallout in Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. They're different. Fun games but, uh, are different. Yeah. I, I think the people have really kind of doubted the longevity of this game. But from what I've seen the, the devs so far, especially I think the last six months, this game has made a big comeback. At least I think so. I think mm-hmm. it's definitely done the mm-hmm. right things to make itself last a good number of years going forward. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Well, uh, if I highlight upon that, I do believe, like you said, the game... I, I see me. I was late. I didn't play the game exactly launch, but believe it or not, this game had like a huge like. It's almost like how Stormgate is now. Like it was like brewing in the distance, and people didn't know what people. Everybody's anticipating it really heavy. Like I believe you look at it now. Like at the time where it first launched, I mean, it had like peak of like sixty nine, seventy thousand people watching on Twitch. It was like really. It was a really big game. Tournaments off rip, and this happens to a lot of games. I mean, I'm not going to like you know. Try, I'm not going to be too long winded, but. For example, like um, a game called, um, not quite the same, but okay, let's go Rainbow Six Siege. It's a first-person shooter game. Mm-hmm. Very high anticipated when it launched. It was really rocky, but developers stay, stay supporting it. And now it's a, you know, I don't know if it's still the same esports following, but it became very big later on. Um, kind of the same thing with, uh, this game's very different, but this is a big example of a game high anticipated, very bad launch, really bad launch, but still came around and persevered. And this game called No Man's Sky. I never heard of that. Oh, uh, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is a huge game, dude. That game launched horribly. Oh, it like, was atrocious. Yeah. Atrocious. Like, people it was were so, like, like demanding refunds. Right? <laughs> it was bad. Reminds you like Cyberpunk. But, like that, that was another cyberpunk. example. Of just like, it was, it was on par with Cyberpunk, except for it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't glitchy and problematic. It was... Yeah. Like, there was nothing to do in the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing to do. Game. Nothing to do. Whereas now, if you watch No Man's Sky, now if you play No Man's Sky now, the game is like a whole nother game. Oh, it's insane. Like, it's, it's so good. good. It's so yeah. good. Like, and it's got a whole resurgence of people playing. People still play it. Like, me and my mm-hmm. brother, when we get really bored, getting tired of Russian Asian parts for it, we'll play like, we'll chill out and play a <laughs> game like that. But the point I'm trying to make is that, like, it's really kind of the hands of the developers and making sure there's some type of support still for the game. If they realize that Agent Pirates 4 numbers aren't really where they want it to be and they hang the tile up and give us like a little update every six months or something, then sadly the game will go under. But if they recognize how powerful the community is, I mean, this community is like, I mean, like I said, it's, it's the most enthusiastic community I've ever played any video game on. I mean, I've never seen a community where really like, I mean, you got people donating thousands of dollars just to, you know, 
fun tournaments and just get these pro players invested and all that. The, the community is, a, it's a very community driven game. I mean, we're literally making a podcast about it. So, so yeah, I definitely exactly, agree with that. So exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's literally, look at us. We're prime example. We're really over here. I've never listened to a podcast, even been on a podcast, strictly really directed to one game. But like, yeah, I mean, like if, if the community stays strong and the game keeps getting supported, even with Stormgate, I mean, my big, my biggest fear with Stormgate, the pro scene might take a little bit of a blunder because a lot of these pro players, they, most of them, I mean, pretty much, all the top players in the game all came from StarCraft 2. Yep. They all, they all, I, I don't want them kind of using Age of Empires like a little bit of a filler just until Stormgate comes out. It really depends on my biggest fear is I hope AOE 4 is in a good state, even better state than now by the time Stormgate comes around because they do they do entertain. They're very, very different games. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, it's like Company of Heroes, right? I mean, exactly, I, I, I don't yeah. feel like Company of Heroes has really pulled away anyone from Age of Empires 4. I mean, I know that like no. Pittsburgh will play it. Um, I know that, uh, who else? Uh, Snoopa is another streamer I know of who will play, yeah. uh, play it. But I feel like the main core player base of this game is still in Age of Empires 4. It's, it's if you don't yeah. like a modern shoot em kind of like, I mean, uh, World War Two or like a a fan, like a sci-fi game. Like I think the genres, if it was like an actual like medieval RTS, I'd be a lot mm-hmm. more concerned, but I think you're right. There, there are different enough games that there's enough people in the world. You know, I think there's enough for everyone. Yeah. Like, I think AOE 4 is really doing good one V one. Like yeah, I think that's the yeah. prime, like Stormgate. I feel like they're going for more of the, you know, popularity route. They want like, they want to be the one that really jump off the porch and really get a big following and audience. And they're going down the right route. They're, they're really, it's something more focused around three V three team game, which is going to, it's going to have a bigger player base with team games. Mm-hmm. A lot more people like playing with their friends and playing and together. And AV four has that team aspect of it, but it's not as balanced as well as one V one. And one V one plays a real meat and potatoes of AV four. So I do feel like they just, they entertain different audiences. And I believe it. If the developers really support it. I think AOE 4 will be, I'm being optimistic here. AOE 4 will be fine and maybe even get a bigger resurgence later on. Yeah, I think you mentioned I a think, good point. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Caleb. Go ahead. I've got a thought right after that though. Yeah, so I think, uh, so I'm looking at the Steam chart numbers uh, and there was about 27,000 average when on launch, about a 64,000 peak. Uh, and then it dropped down to 5,000 <laughs> oh, yeah. um, until the August update where it jumped up to about 9,000 and it's kind of stabilized between eight and 9,000 since the, the Ottoman Malian drop. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's more or less stabilized there. Uh, some, some months are a little better. Some months are a little worse, but uh, it's, it's, I would say the overall average is seven and a half to 8,000 since then. Um, and it's it right slowly, now too. slowly been kind of going up and down. It, it's more or less stable, I would say. Since it's kind of, I think like it's kind of trending up, you know, yeah, like it, it, it's trending up a little bit. Yeah. Which is like, that's so. all I really ask for in the game. As long as it's trending upwards, mm-hmm. like in a way, like, but like right now I'm looking at it, like same thing you're looking at uh, peak 24 hours, 16, about 16,000 people. Yeah. 20, that's not a small right number. Now, wow. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the game's not dead. The game's not. No, dead. no, no. The game's not dead. The other possible. It, outcome is stormgate uh is going to have the, their their other goal is to be a way to modernize the rts to pull moba people in to pull fps mm. people in as well mm-hmm. the potential there is they start stormgate and then they try age of empires right that's, that's, also that's the beauty that's the, that's the beautiful part of it yeah is that they they create a game that's a little more accessible a little more 
broad spectrum friendly, and then the people that are really into it maybe try Age of Empires, maybe play it often. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what I'm hearing so, is you hope this will be the, the gateway drug into Age of Empires. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping exactly. this will be the gateway drug into RTSs in general. RTS has been really struggling for a long time too, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. it's. I, I think a big chunk of that is that the American audience. I mean, I, I I've asked Beal like if you had to define the average Age Empires four player, he will say it's your like mid twenties to like mid thirties dad, yep. typically a that's European. Exactly. <laughs> that's typically a European. <laughs> like that's kind of our main. Segment. Now, now most people listening to this podcast, uh, we've got a lot of European listeners, so kudos to you guys out there fitting that description perfectly. We do have a decent uh, number of guys in the U.S. watching too, uh, but. I can't disagree with that sentiment overall, but the American audience overall is far more into FPS. I'm thinking Call of Duty, Fortnite. Uh, like, you, if it's got guns and shoot them up, that I mean, the American audience is there for that. Uh, Very accessible. It well, definitely feels like RTS well, has not ever since like around the, the turn of the century, especially around after age age one and age two, they had a kind of a heyday. But the last like 20 years has been rough in the U.S. for yeah. for RTS. Absolutely. And it's and it's because of the mentality. Right. So the American mentality is instant gratification. I want what I, I want, my dopamine. and I want it now. Dude, that's, what, and, that's what getting and, sheep is for, man. Those little bells. That does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not, you know, but most people, if I I can play Warzone with zero Warzone background, walk in and get mm-hmm. dopamine by pointing my gun and shooting something. Right. Mm-hmm. There's Boy, that sounds American gratification. Attack. And, oh, that, yeah. and that's exactly it, right? And as opposed to like Europeans, which are maybe a little more, they're, I mean, it, it's a big, it's a big game, just like MOBAs are, but they're more accessible and, and you get a quicker payback, right? In an RTS, if I'm losing in a 1v1 RTS, I'm getting dopamine sucked out of me. Like, <laughs> like, like a dementor, like a dementor right? sucking out your soul. And, <laughs> and I didn't get any gratification because I never won a single fight, right? I can get some in a game of Warzone. I can go four and 20 and I had four shots of dopamine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's like a key difference as to why those are bigger games are more accessible and it's in the the payoff is more accessible i just learned something about myself caleb you just helped me learn something about myself i was playing yesterday and the games i I was talking about this too in my chat my my shout out to like these six guys in my chat but i was uh i was telling i was like you know like the games i don't find any sheep i really struggle like mentally i just feel like i'm behind i don't play well uh i think i'm just not getting the right amount of dopamine because that exactly. little belding does it for me oh, i got that oh, like okay. and that's why i mean heck that's why this podcast is named the extra sheep because it's that little extra joy you just get you know that like one oh, yeah. last sheep you're like oh sweet one more it's only like yeah. 200 food how much is a sheep like two 300 food like 250 not food. 250 okay i was close that's not that much but man, does it make a difference that the, the rush of getting that to me, I, I think I know why I do better when I get more sheep in the games. Like one, you get a, you're playing better because you have more food. Well, in you your get more food. But, but I think <laughs> mentally it like gets me primed to feel like I'm already winning. And that gives me such a little boost. Boy, I, I feel like, better. okay, Caleb, like man. A- <laughs> There's a better riding past. Like you, you think you like struggling on sheep and you like see a little glimpse of, Three or four sheep in your distance. Oh, you're like, oh man, a group of three. You rush it. Three? Just, yeah. Oh, you lose it. You rush it. You rush it. Like, that's, that's better than a cold Dr. Game. Pepper on a hot day. <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> you're just getting the belt pine around your arm, just mainlining oh, that stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. surreal. Got surreal. Gotcha. I want to mention yeah, something. It's... I had a thought. Sorry, changing, kind of going back to the longevity of this game again. Uh, 
I had I wanted to share a story. Like before I was streaming, as I was just starting to get wanting to get into streaming a little bit, one of my favorite games for a while, uh, another game that had a really, really bad launch was uh Star Wars Battlefront 2, the new mm-hmm. one that came out. I think it was like 20. I when I when I picked up this game, it was a little bit, it was after the launch. I was out of the country for a couple of years. I came back to States, got my PlayStation. I was super excited to play this game. Uh it'd been out for a couple of years and had gotten so much better. So I, I hopped on when it was like on sale for Christmas a couple of years back. There was a huge community and people were flocking to this game. Like it was up better than it had ever been uh, because people, I mean, it launched horribly. People were very upset oh, by it. Okay. It was one of those like worst launches ever. They've ruined the game. Uh, but a year and a half later, the devs had stayed with it and it was going great. It was doing great. People were flocking and I it was getting like really hype. Like this game was starting to actually it on the charts again and uh mm-hmm. then ea pulled the plug yep mm. and you know what it was the sire member like it was like the community transmission is what it was always called like the dev like who was always the community manager always like updating on the new updates i was so devastated when this game just got the plug pulled from it and i don't play it anymore i miss this game and this game mm. was like my it was the one fps i really was into i played a little bit of Fortnite as well but like star wars was like that was my jam dude yeah, uh, I was so sad. And now this game, I mean, I know some people still play it, but like the community online and on Reddit, it just like died. It, it's it's yeah. more or less a dead game. Either you're super like hardcore and there is that group of hardcore people who like ride or die no matter what. Uh, those 501st Legion dudes, you know, and they'll be playing. Battlefront. Yeah, they'll be playing playing Battlefront. But the game's like dead. And it's because the it's because the devs cut the support to it. And the sad thing is, it, the, the the real sad thing was the game was just getting really good. Uh, people were starting to notice that too and start to join in. There were new players constantly that I was noticing, and then they pulled the plug. And I was like, no, like you were right there. Yeah. And I just I really hope that that <laughs> I I think so far so good on this game for Thayway Four, bad launch. Uh, the devs have really worked things out. I, the game's in a better spot now than it has ever been. Obviously, there are still things you want better. We want fixed. Uh, new sieves would be good. Uh, continually updating water and the trade system would be good. Uh, I have hope for this game, but it's definitely one of those things where, like, the moment they pull the plug early, it's gonna. I hope they don't do that. I don't expect them to. Uh, but man, I, I just I look at that what EA did to my my boy, my boy Star Wars Battlefront Two after after reviving it too. Yeah, it's got twenty one hundred players online right now. It's pretty nice. Uh, I'm, like, I'm looking at Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, yeah no. but I feel like that was more so like the reason why that game really did bad. It was a very bad business practice on microtransactions. Yeah, and they and, fixed and it that, though. They that's fixed hard to recover from. That's that's hard to recover from. They fixed it too, like, which was it, nice. And then, then they stopped supporting the game. Super sad. But I, I hope they. Yeah. I hope that they find a way to monetize this game because uh, I'm I'm willing to put money into this game. Like I like this game. Oh, yeah. I like what they've done. Uh, this is, I think, I think the community is willing to support it too. Like we want to get, I, I'm Most constantly definitely. trying to get my family and friends into this game. Uh, Cause once you get oh, yeah. hooked by it, it's just so good. It's a hard sell sometimes <laughs> though. It's kind of a hard sell. It's a yeah. lot of work. I preface that it's yeah. a steep learning it's curve. A, it's a steep it's learning a, curve, yeah, but learning. it's so it's worth that a, it. It's, it's that accessibility it's so, level. Yeah. Really, really quick. Okay. I know we're getting a little long and tooth there. I just want to make the one thing I will say about RTS community, I was actually playing not too long ago and my girlfriend, she was watching me play. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before. She was watching me play. Yeah, we know you've she got a girlfriend, called, sir. Neville, stop rubbing it in. Oh, yeah. Just, I'm, kidding, I'm, just kidding, just kidding. I'm sorry. She thinks I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, dude, she's watching me play, right? And when I say like 
I, I, I was just stressing out the whole time. I'm sitting there getting mad. I'm, I'm saying, uh, you know, unforgettable, unforgivable words. I'm saying mean. I'm just, I'm swearing. I'm mad. I'm upset. She looked at me. She was like, are you having fun? Like, she was like, are you even having a fun time playing this game? And I looked at her. It was actually a really good question about RTS games in general. I looked at her and I was like, I don't know if I play this game for fun. I play it because I find it infinitely satisfying. Like, it's a satisfying game mm. when you're like, okay, I play like Minecraft for fun. Or like, I play something like that, like for fun, like just a chill back, relax. But like the level of competition in a lot of RTS games, it's like, it's satisfying. Like just winning, implementing strategy and becoming successful with it. It's very fun. But like you said, it's a steep learning curve. You have to put work in. I mean, there's, you actually have to work outside the game. You're, you're actually looking at build orders. You're making your own build orders. Like you can actually play the game without playing the game. It's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot to it. And it, like I said, it's a hard sell, but once you get into it, you know, it, it's very rewarding. But I, I if, to close it out on this, uh, my point of the conversation, uh, I really believe that developers stay supporting it. And, you know, even Stormgate, people might look at it as something that's going to hurt the game. I Like, Caleb, Caleb you have a great point. It actually could bring more players into the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. And people might start exploring games they never thought they would explore again. Like I said, Gateway. It's a gateway drug to RTS, maybe. Gateway drug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the kid behind the school. Hey, man, you, know, you try this, hey, man. man. You, you want to try some Stormgate? Yeah. 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 This RTS stuff's real good. Yeah, and then there's like a storm game, maybe try this Age of Empire. They're like, oh, it's Age of Empire. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, gosh, like, you know what I'm good. saying? You, who knows? You know, but, you know, I believe that the game, as long as the game has quality and the community trusts the developers and they do did they do well on the business side, the game will completely dead. Mm-hmm. Like convention Battlefront, the community lost trust really in developers. They kind of had them, or not even developers, but this though, the monetization behind the game in general, it seemed very anti-consumerism. If they continue to listen to the community, continue to support the community and let them know that they're like, you know, what we want in the game is being implemented and they're hearing it out. The game will be fine. I, be- I truly believe that the game's not going to completely die out. Yeah. It might even prevail. I really like your question. You, you mentioned, in fact, I think we'll, we'll take a break here in just a second before we do, this is going to segue into my extra sheep so well, the, are you having <laughs> fun playing the game? That is, I think there's something to that, you know, like I, I have definitely, mm-hmm. when I was playing yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, there was a point where I actually said in my stream, like, I'm not having fun. Uh, I was just, I was in, a, I was on Prairie in a mirror match with HRE. And I was like, I'm not having fun with this. I was, I was very frustrated. I was getting a little tilted. I eventually went on a pretty good winning streak and I actually got back to platinum, which was really good. But there was a moment where I wasn't having fun. And I said it too. And I was like, no, I'm just frustrated right now. Uh, but that, I'll explain why. There's a, I have a good reason to be frustrated. And I'll be my extra sheep right after this break. Hey, Sockton here again. Uh, this is the time of the show where I usually take a moment, uh, a break from our show while we're taking a break. I just want to go through a couple things, a couple of highlights, a couple of shout outs. First and foremost to Caleb Calamari. Uh, he did a great job today, uh, stepping up, filling in the shoes for Beal as he was away and busy. Um, just really appreciate his effort and his willingness to hop on. I know it could be kind of hard just to jump in and you know, pretend like nothing's different, that you're the actual guy. Uh, so he did a really good job doing that for us. And we really, really appreciate him. Uh, hope we can hear more from him in the future as well. Uh, on guest hosts, we are hoping, I, I know a lot of you guys have mentioned, hey, 
you should interview some streamers. You should totally get some other guys on here and, and interview them and see how what their thoughts are about the game. Uh, we love that idea, first of all. We are wanting to do that. Uh, the big question is how. Um, <laughs> I've actually got to start reaching out to some guys. Um, I've got a couple of people on my list I want to start out with I think we could get. Um, obviously, there are some big names in the community. I'm thinking like the the Beastie Cutie and Marine Lords, the Whams, Puppy Paws, those, those big guys, you know. Um, I don't know if they even listen to this podcast or if they're aware of it exists. Hopefully they do. If they are listening, if you guys are listening, uh, I would love to get you on at some point. Doesn't need to be for the full two hours. Could just be a quick little interview. We'd love to have that. Uh, that aside, I don't think they're listening. If they are, sweet. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to get some guests on the podcast. I think that's definitely something people have recommended. I do. And that's something I should follow up with. I will say I am expecting a baby coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So the next episode, I don't not that I'm going to be phoning it in, but I've got a lot of other priorities and family things I'll be worried about. So it might be a little bit of time before I get someone as a guest star on. Uh, it takes a lot of effort on my end to get everything set up and going. Uh, but I am planning on doing something like that. I think that's a great feedback. I think it's a great thing we should be trying to do. Uh, we'll work our way with maybe some of the medium sized streamers and other community members in AOE4 and go from there. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, months, we will have that for you guys. So yeah, uh, another thing I want to shout out. Uh, we do have a couple of people now on the Patreon uh, supporting the podcast with their cold, hard cash. I super appreciate that, first of all. Um, obviously, we have a goal to raise $100 to host this for its first full year. Uh, it takes $100 a year right now for me to host this. Our goal is to hit that. Uh, we've got a couple people. If you have a couple extra dollars you can spare, uh, if you've really been enjoying the content, uh, and, if, and if you're able to do so, we would greatly appreciate it. All that money is literally just going right back into hosting the podcast. Uh, right now, it's out of my pocket. This is basically a service I'm just doing just because I really am passionate about it. That said, uh, I am having a baby. It does cost a lot of money in the United States. So I'd rather not be, you know, dipping into my own personal funds. It'd be nice if this was more community sponsored. Um, so yeah, if you can, that'd be great. Uh, we have a Patreon. The link's in the description of this episode on Spotify and on everywhere else you can get it. Uh, yeah, if you can, we'd love that. A couple other things. I want to shout out the Griot Barra Discord. Uh, this podcast, I think, definitely found its home um, kind of starting out on that podcast. Uh, the Griot Barra is just such a great community server. If you aren't aware of that Discord server and you are a big listener of the show and you just like AOE Age Empires 4, check them out. Odds are you're listening to this podcast because you're from that server, in which case I'm preaching to the choir. But uh, check out the Griot Bar if you haven't heard of them. Also, also check out the Rising Empires, uh, another Discord server and a tournament group. If you want to play a tournament, if you're anywhere from, you know, bronze to even if you're up in the Conqueror levels, Rising Empires has tournaments for you. We've got the low ELO legends for those who are uh, like myself, maybe mid ladder, low ladder, maybe maybe like up in the diamond range. If you're up there too, you can you can play. Uh, and then for those who are like conquerors and those like wanting to get into some professional uh, style tournaments, uh, that that's an option too. Uh, they have the the War Chief Club, which is a good way to get some actual experience in those high level play tournaments. So yeah, let's see what else do I got here. Um, I just want to shout out our international viewers again. Uh, the UK and Canada really stepped up the last couple of weeks. Australia has been our number two for the longest time, followed by, of course, you know, the stateside peeps here in the USA. Uh, not that I don't appreciate you guys as well. I really appreciate it. Just, it's just fun for me to see the international community behind this as well. Uh, but Canada lately has been representing North America, really coming through. Lots of viewers out there. 
also a lot of viewers in the UK, and I've heard from a lot of people from uh, the UK as well recently. Uh, I'm thinking of, oh, I'm, I think how, how, if you're listening to this on the train in London, heading towards London, I am thinking about you, my friend. Uh, really appreciated some of your thoughts and some of your kind feedback. People like you are what we're doing this podcast for. Yeah, people who just really want to have a little more AOE4 in their day. Uh, they're commuting. They're doing, you know, the things that we got to do because we have to live and make money and, you know, pay the rent. Uh, but I appreciate you guys, and I hope this podcast reaches you guys in a good spot, and I'm just really glad to hear that you guys are listening. If you guys want to become a part of the Extra Sheep community, uh, besides just joining the Patreon, if you want to just, you know, have a Discord with us, we, I have a Discord channel, my own personal Discord channel. I've got a couple channels in that uh, that are dedicated specifically for this podcast. Uh, so, if, like, those map ideas, uh, if you have any terrible map ideas we want to get you guys to share, you can find the links to that in the episode link as well. Uh, join the discord. You can ask, give me suggestions, give me your feedback. Uh, if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast or topics you want me to discuss, you can give us feedback there. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, this podcast, if we're going to make this podcast funded by you guys, eventually, uh, this podcast needs to be giving you guys the content that you want. So far, it's been just me coming up with ideas and Sir Neville's coming up with ideas and Beal. Uh, but we are open to suggestions. We're open to hearing your guys' feedback. So feel free. Uh, we're, we're listening. We're, our ears are open. We're always looking at that. We're always excited for the feedback. I think that's about all that I have. Uh, I guess I'll just send it on back to finish out this episode. I really appreciate you guys and uh, have a good rest of your day. And we're back uh, here for our extra sheeps. I'm going to just start off the bat and take this extra sheep. Uh, I. I had quite the a day yesterday. Um, apparently, uh, I, I almost put this in the news section, but I wanted to save this for my extra sheep, and I might be a little long-winded in this one, so forgive me, guys. Apparently, I think it was Aussie Drongo, uh, or someone posted a YouTube video about a new strat to use with Chinese. And mm -hmm. as we like to joke in uh, this channel, uh, we all hate Chinese. Uh, actually, Askelad and uh, 10-4 Tim, guys from Rising Empire's crew, really hate Chinese. And that's like their running gag. They always, they, they hate it. Caleb's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, they hate, and I kind of do, I think a lot of people do kind of hate playing against Chinese because they're so frustrating to stop. And there's just certain mechanics of what they can do that are frustrating beyond all measure. Um, it's been a long time since I've been barbecue rushed. Um, usually I don't mind getting barbecue rushed because I'm like, eh, whatever. Like it's the payoff that they're getting for it's not usually that much. I've been playing a lot of HRE. HRE is a sieve that doesn't like getting rushed very much. Uh, I had a, I, I, Pat Del Muerte, I believe, uh, said I had a 9 out of 10 Aachen Chapel placement. So, was, <laughs> I look at, we went back and looked at this one afterwards with my chat. He was saying, yeah, that was a good spot for it. I was like, I was pretty happy. I had, had my gold, had my stone, had a wood line. All in this Aachen Chapel's range, pretty close to the TC. Pretty stoked about that. I was going against, this was high view against China. Um, this guy's player name was literally just a skull. I'm going to call him out for his evil deeds. Um, <laughs> just a little skull emoji. I don't know how you make that your, your, your gamer tag in game, but that's how he did it. So good on him for that. I guess, uh, this, this guy actually was, was well-mannered in his loss. Uh, he, he did, I did win this one. I won this one, but in the dark age, I am going, I I'm getting up to feudal age. Uh, and then in feudal age, he comes in, I see a mass of like 12 spears on the periphery of my town center. And I'm like, oh, no, here they go. They're going to harass my gold. Here it comes. And I even said, too, I was like, how much would I bet I'm going to get barbican rushed? I, what I was not expecting was 17 Chinese villagers coming and dropping the barbican between my town center 
and my Aachen Chapel. <laughs> I had not oh, been rushed like this. Hey, apparently, this is a new thing to do as China yeah. into with, with the Spears and with them. Um, I did not know this. I, I had not seen this. Apparently, there's a video. I need to go find it and actually watch it. I've been too uh, uh, tilted about it to do so yet because I don't I don't want to <laughs> torment myself. Apparently, it's a big strategy now. Quote strategy. I and I even said in the stream, I was like, you know what? Stupid strats get stupid rewards. And I was I was this is my first game of the day too. Okay, game one. I'm doing a ranked game. I was playing this HRE. Normally, I'm an English guy, but I'm trying not to be the guy who plays English only. So I'm playing HRE, my other Civ. This thing, now to my credit, I think I responded to this very, very well. The initial, I immediately garrison my villagers and move off towards the berries on the other side of my base. That's outside the range of this thing. I leave 15 vills in my town center. So I start gatling gunning down these 17 vills. He lost, I kid you not, like 10 or 11 of these vills. I think when he finished, he only had six villagers left of the 17. So that means I killed 11. 11 is vills dead. I don't know what his spears were doing at this point. He should have been using them to tank up some of the arrow shots. So he loses all those vills, builds the barbican in my base. Uh, and then those vills, I think I pick off another one or two. They go around. Uh, spears come around. I immediately build a barracks. I build a, meta, a couple of arms, start cranking those out because I'm like, I can deal with spears. Spears are not a problem. Uh, the jugs, I don't want to see. But again, meta arms are the perfect counter to both of those. You know, I can deal mm-hmm. with that. He's going, he doesn't have any jugs yet. He's just doing this weird, crappy rush. Uh, so I get a couple of arms out, start taking down some of his spears as they push in. He tries towering me on the other side on my berries as well. So I've got the Barbican, Aachen, and all my main resources on the left. Uh, I've got my berries, which I'm now on, on the right on a little mill that I'm desperately trying to build up stuff. And he tries towering it off, and I just send all my vills at him. I just send every single last vill to kill those three vills <laughs> with men at arms. I, I, I was like, no cap, I am killing this guy. I was so mad. Uh, I ended up actually pushing him out. He actually destroyed two of the towers before he could even try. He just like gave up on both towers and I just started chasing him down, killing every vill. And then he was like, you know, well played and surrendered. So oh, man. my extra sheep is what the heck is that strategy? <laughs> stupid strategies to get stupid rewards. Uh, and I know I get, I get that dark age rushing and rushing with the Barbican rush is a legitimate strategy. Does not mean that is good mannered. <laughs> I, oh, no. I, I definitely think there are some certain manners in this game. I am like, there's a bit of an etiquette and you don't have to follow it. So I, I understand that like, and you can be like Socrates you don't have to have good manners. It's a game. You gotta, you do whatever it takes to win. And I, I get that, but man, I have very little respect for people who do that on a regular basis. <laughs> Just <laughs> say. Very unethical. The best Barbican rush well, I ever saw was against a uh, Malians back when Farimba castle was a thing. Uh, or Firmba, not Firmba, 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 you guys know what I'm talking about, the Firmba, back when that was the thing, yeah, 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 rushing, when Malians were OP and broken, rushing them feels okay, but HRE is just HRE. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was very tilted, but uh, it's a strategy, I get it, I don't think I'd ever use it, but the best way, again, I want to reiterate for our listeners, especially if you're not as high level play, and I'm, I'm only plat, I'm not that high, when you get Barbican rushed, I urge you guys to not overreact, take out as many yeah. of those vills as possible, move your economy to the side, life will continue. Don't even worry about focusing it down right off the bat either. You can just ignore it, find other resources, build up a military, uh, start dealing the damage. Make, make that that risk not pay off for them. Can I actually give a, a good counter to a bar? Not a, I mean, not, not a foolproof counter, but something that actually can put pressure on a Barbican rush. I seen a pro player do it during uh, the Asidrongo uh, octagon, his, his little free frog uh-huh. he's got going on 
Okay, if you're getting barbecue rush or tower rush, it's like it's a little, it's not foolproof because it depends on how many villagers pulls to make the barbecue and Chinese but really fast. But take five villagers and instead of like attacking those villagers with his villagers, build up a tower right next to it with mm. five vill and garrison them up immediately. So what's gonna happen is that like whatever if he's not done yet, that was, those five arrows from that tower are gonna kill those villagers way faster. And they want you when he wants to get close to you know, get close to being done. You just ungarrison, bring them back, and then that barbecue's gonna focus on that tower. Hmm. So like, it's kind of like it's kind of like like he's gonna have to like manually have the barbecue and shoot somewhere else. And a lot of times the barbecue's gonna default to shooting the tower. So not only are you killing villagers with that tower, but now the barbecue is also distracted. I seen Marine Lord do that, and it actually worked out. Yeah, really out. Like, yo, wait a minute. That's a good. That's a good strat. Yeah. Thankfully for so, me, yeah. this guy put it literally between my Auken and my, my <laughs> yeah, TC. Yeah. So my TC yeah, did the, really the job yeah. for me. But I, I had the really audacity about really it. I thought he was. Really I thought he was going to put it on the other side by the golden stone and my wood and kind of block off that half and just put pressure for him to drop it right on my face. I that's was. Evil. I was that's in shock. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. I started out my day very tilted in my my stream, and then I, I went to lose. I lost the game after that in a mirror match, and I was feeling kind of rough. But then my chat kind of brought me back. Thank so. you. Yeah. Hey, you know that's good to have a good chat. Um, yeah. I believe chat, that started I on. Yes, yeah, I, I believe that started on mountain clearing. Uh, mm-hmm. because there was basically nowhere else to go but your base because the whole map was so squished. Uh-huh. And so people would slap it, like, on top of your base, and then you just, like, couldn't do anything because of the way the map was structured. And so I, I'm assuming it evolved from there because that's the first time I heard of, like, putting it on the town center like that is, yeah. is on mountain clearing. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Caleb, do you Anyhow. have an extra sheep you want to share with us before we finish up? Yeah, sure. So, uh... Again, have, you know, been off and on on this game. I didn't have access to my computer for a while. So I, you know, the most recent updates I haven't been like super, super up to date on, but I was playing with Ask Lod in a 1v1 uh, from Rising Empires. And he, uh, and I did my, my mine work archers into uh, Malians. And I was like, well, this is, sounds like a decent idea into the Malians because, you know, they're going to build what jab throwers or whatever, and it's going to force them, stop them from moving past castle or whatever. And he made scouts. And then he upgraded the scouts into Giga Chad Malian scouts. scouts. Yeah. And they kicked my archers butts so hard. I like didn't realize how well they would the scouts would do into archers. Like conceptually, my brain like just exploded. I'm like, they're scouts. Why am I dying in this fight? I do not understand. Uh, that's like the best that's, time that's, to go for warrior scouts actually is into archers. That's. That's like the best. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I have, I've been out of the loop, didn't know. And, and I was like, I'm just going to do this mind work archer thing. I've been thinking about it for a while. And uh, and then I saw the scouts and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And I ran him forward and I got some kills and got some some good picks on his eco. And then my army got wiped and I could not understand what was happening. I'm grimacing. You can't see it, but I'm grimacing at that because that the meta right now, for anyone who's not aware, uh, the meta is right now to go for not going for the Sultani trade network, going for the other uh, the Mansa Quarry. And then you go into uh, you immediately put down a stable and start going into warrior scouts. That is a, a very meta play, uh, not very going for the frame, but that is very, very meta and very popular with Malians right now. Unethical. People are very, uh, people want that nerd. Sir, Sir, Neville's knows, Sir Neville knows about that, uh, the warrior scouts. We played the, uh, the uh, free for all, and I, uh, talk we're not going to talk about that. I may or may I not bullied. have uh, bullied Sir Neville's <laughs> and his brother in a free for all. So, listen, man, I feel like I was getting bullied hey, that game. I was, I was, I was with morenights.com, man. I was with him, and he oh, was like, man. You just got to go for more scouts. You know, you don't have knights. Go for more scouts.com. And that, it worked. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a very effective play. People actually, actually, a lot of pros are very upset the last patch at that scouts weren't nerfed. So, okay, Taylor, it's not just you. Like, those scouts are extremely strong right now. They get shredded yeah, by Spears, I mean, though. They really do just get it's, shredded. I'm not oh, going yeah. to fishtail. I was going to fishtail into discussion about Molly's, but I won't. <laughs> cool. No, well, Sir Neville's, uh, I think you're last up for our uh, sheep. Uh, okay, this is something... Like, this is a bill that actually uh, me and my brother, we were playing, and uh, he actually started it. I kind of just, like, added a little bit more of a little more seasoning to it, a little twist. Because I, I think it's very, it's it's greedy, very greedy, and it's very punishable, but it also has viability, depending on who you play, if you scout your opponent right. I actually put a name to this build. It's called the Poor Man's French. <laughs> it's it's let's call it, it's like it's generic French. So basically, how it works, I try to sum it up quickly. You just instead of you harassing and go, say you're going to go up with the council hall, you go up with the Abbey of Kings. And so, really, what you what I, what we do is that uh, you pretty much go two TCs, you level up the Abbey of Kings, put it on your gold, and go uh, two TCs behind that. So you really fast two town centers, and then you put about five on gold with the Abbey of Kings over there, and you kind of just you make a king and maybe a couple of couple of uh, horsemen and just kind of harass while you go castle. And the whole point of it is like, so for example, me and my brother are playing and I try harassing his goals. I, I know he's trying to go fast castle, but what happens is he garrisons up his villagers on the second TC he puts on gold. So he puts them on, he uh, garrisons up in the town center and they fire back whatever I'm trying to harass with. And the moment they come out, whatever damage I did on them, they're being healed back up by the Abbey of Kings. So pretty much you never lose anybody on gold, which I know English really are more so favored to go on wood. But the, you are there, you are rallying your villages on the wood and you're building farms in the background. And the king and the, the horsemen are kind of like keeping your, keeping your enemy busy on his side while you're really trying to go castle. I call the poor man's French because obviously you're harassing with horsemen and you're healing up with horsemen instead of knights. But depending on it's it is very punishable because if you scout your enemy out and he's putting a lot of military in the field, he can just ram rush your second TC and then you got your everything there and it kind of can go left very quickly. But if you're going more of a macro century game, see your enemies going two TCs also. Yeah, I have actually had some success with it. I go up from there into a Ford. Uh, White Tower, make a couple trips out of there, a little Ford operating base. Game over. But it depends. So it's very yeah, depending it's on definitely an off meta build. Huh? It's, definitely it's, off meta. it's very I try to always I try at least I have a second account that I make I just do so many off meta. And it depends. Like it still needs some work. Okay. It still needs I'm still trying to figure out exactly if the king and the harassment is gonna play out as much. Maybe I should make no military. But English is so good at defense. Like, unless your enemy's trying to all in kill you in feudal, if you scale up with that, it actually can be very effective. But like I said, it is off meta. It's still it's still in the oven. It's still experimenting a little bit. Question on that: uh, but, Do you yes, do you age up with the king's palace, or do you go white tower? Are you doing two to white tower? White tower. Okay, I go two to see white tower, and pretty much I like I when I and that once I go white tower, I try to immediately get. I try to go for four white tower. That's the goal. Ford White Tower, like a little bit outside of their base, because then from that Ooh, point, I like that. and then from that point, I make a trebuchet out of that White Tower with the faster production speed, and then start because they pretty much. I've heard like you get the you get siege on your enemy first, you're in a major advantage in the game, mm-hmm. especially so, in the so, White Tower. Sorry, I don't mean mm-hmm. to cut you off. I just want to think oh, about that good. for a second. So, so uh, like that White Tower then can act as kind of your forward 
like fallback point. Base. You've also got the king yeah. who is healing your unit. So as long as you don't like yeah. lose units too much, you can keep coming back, healing up, keep yeah. massing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll circle around. I'll circle around to my Abbey King's heal up, then go for another dive. That because that Abbey King heals very fast. Mm-hmm. Even if the king, the king heals slower. But if you go and circle back to your Abbey Kings, you'll heal up very fast. Go back up another raid. What civs do you feel like this is most effective with? Uh, okay, so I've used it with, for example, who do I? Oh my, Abbasid. I've used like like civs that aren't crazy. Like, it, like, it, it, like yeah, like aggressive civilizations. I don't use it against because you get punished very much going forward. Like you kind of that aggro long bowman aggro. It's mm-hmm. very effective, aggressive series, but like you're going to use a civilization like China. China, China. Abbasid. Okay, yeah, okay. China, Abbasid. You know, civilizations early that, on. Exactly, on civilizations that because that four white tower is ridiculous. It, it's it's on point, especially when you start building up production behind the white tower, because like you know, like for example, uh, like because then we get that first trap out. Like I'll bring a villa up and make me get the white tower and maybe make a little bit of a tower ahead. Get the you know you get the obviously you know you and they were telling me how important that uh, the Citadel I can't think of the uh, name bro. Citadels yeah yeah the, the, the Narrow Citadel yeah. Yeah. it's expensive but like but like you fight it allows you to, be able to really fight underneath your White Tower because of the product because of the uh, attack speed so like if they fight if they want to like oh yeah this White Tower is getting annoying let me take it out you fight underneath your White Tower you're at a major advantage so you a lot of times you reject that and if you like it's like I'll even start going to Spearman. Because I'm talking about the rush siege with cavalry mm-hmm. under the White Tower. Spearmen take care of the cavalry. And then, so the, the trip siege is just slowly making your way up. I'll make towers like almost like in a line, slowly push my enemy back to their base. But it's a, it's, it's a slower, it's not, it's a slower, it's almost like a, you get really aggressive in Castle Age. So like you kind of have to survive through feudal, That's and it kind of I feel like I, English is uh, not English. a really Castle Age centric. Exactly, ship, that, that makes it's it very, very, very off meta. Very off-meta build English. But, you know, I would say that's the beauty of the game. That's where the game gets its lifespan from. You try new things, new new strategies. Like, that's where I, that's my favorite part of the game. You know, my favorite part of the game is, like, trying something you're not very much keen to see. Uh-huh. It's like, say, I, just I, I did, like, a proxy uh, Mongol uh, pastures base. Like, oh, yeah, you're telling us about this. I like doing stupid stuff. <laughs> I, like I might have to try it's that. Not, I, I might have to try with that and play with I, that. I, I'm a big English you. guy, and an off-meta build that could work would be fun. Yeah, I'll have to play around with it. And everyone always expects you to go archers. Mm-hmm. Everyone expects you to go archers. They almost like are in their head, especially lower level, they're like, they almost like don't even worry about scouting. You're like, he's going to go archers, obviously. Or if you go to TC, so it's Abbey King's, Aggression, if you want to make king and a, a horseman, that's optional. But Abbey King's on your goal, two TC's Abbey King in the four white tower. If I had to get a title to it. And sometimes, and as you're doing that, you know, make farms your base and get your food together and get your goal, get your goal, like, you know, because your goal ought to be protected by the town center. You know, it's just, it is, it's a, it's a good, like, you know, it's fine. It's a good castle age build for the English, but it's a, it can't be very punishable. Okay. I might try that out. All right, That's well, fair. we have gone. This might be one of our longest episodes yet. We are over two hours. Oh, Caleb has uh, oh, filled in the big shoes for Beal today. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for being on with us, Caleb. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Beal, I'm coming for you, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Uh, this has been The Extra Sheep. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Again, uh, if you guys want to send your worst map ideas, I will leave that open. I, I do want to hear more. Uh, we would love to revisit that one maybe next next time. Until then, I guess uh, 
coming from you from the uh, virtual pasture studios here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> uh, I'm signing off. You guys have a great week. Oh, yeah, you yeah. too, man. Thanks, great man. job.